As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I am your host, Josh G. And we are back for another deep dive review. So let's welcome back the recurring guest. Please welcome Chris to the show. Hi, guys. And say hello <laughs> to Chad. Howdy ho. Howdy right, ho, so, good neighbor. Th- there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so this was originally going to be our first episode of the new year, but and this is all me. I just was not feeling up to it, but we're going to get to it now. We're going to. Take the deep dive on trading places. So, hey, baby, what's happening? What are you doing? You want you have a man with no legs? You never go back. Watch Eddie Murphy go from ranks in their problem offices to riches. Champagne for everybody. And watch Dan Aykroyd go from riches to rags. Lying, filthy, creep. Trading places. <laughs> Rated R under eighteen must be with parent or guardian. This movie came out June 8th, 1983. Had a budget of 15 million. Any guesses on how much this movie made, or did you guys look it up? I did not look it up. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure I looked it up at one point, but I forgot it. So <laughs> <laughs> I know it made, I'm pretty sure it made a lot of money. Yeah, uh, yeah. It came with 90.4 million. So, yes, yeah, oh, so wow. a good yeah. chunk of change there. Considered a success, I would say. I would say so. I would agree. Currently sits with a Rotten Tomato critic score of 88% and an audience score of 84. So pretty well liked overall. This movie, of course, stars Eddie Murphy as Billy Ray Valentine, <laughs> Dan Aykroyd as Louis Winthorpe the third. The third. Yeah. <laughs> Ralph Bellamy as Randolph Duke and Don Amici or Amiche as Mortimer Duke. And Jamie Lee Curtis as Ophelia. Of course, it's directed by the great John Landis. Who did what? He did Animal House, right? I know he did American World. I believe so, yes. Then he went on to work with Eddie Murphy two more times and Coming to America and Beverly Hills Cop 3. If I remember right, too, like, uh, I think for Jamie Lee Curtis, this may be her first big movie, you know, after she decided to not make horror movies anymore. I think this was probably her big first opportunity. In a different film, I think I think you're right. In fact, getting ready for this movie, cutting her hair and all that, is why in Halloween two she had to wear that awful wig. <laughs> yes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because they were so close together, both those movies. So originally, this movie was actually intended to be a, another comedy for the duo of Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder because they did plenty of movies together. I didn't find a reason why, but Pryor decided to leave and they asked Eddie Murphy to come on and he agreed, but he said he's not going to do it with Gene Wilder because he doesn't want to be thrown into that role trying to follow Pryor's footsteps, you know, mm-hmm. which I can understand. Mm-hmm. Those are big shoes to fill. Those are oh, big yeah. shoes to fill. So, Chris, you brought us this movie. Said you want to <laughs> talk about it. So what is it that made you want to talk about trading places at the new year? Uh, honestly, I just thought it it fit the if it if i can talk um if, if it the um the new year theme that i think we were going for because we're just kind of looking out oh you know what would fit for the holidays and go for the new year 
And it was just the first thing that popped in my mind. And it's one of those movies that I know I've seen several times growing up, at least, you know, throughout the ages. The ages. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm aging been around since the golden age. I'm aging myself. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, it's, and then it's just, it's funny. It's a good movie. Yeah. So it's, I thought it would be interesting. And I'm, far as I know of, it was one that you haven't seen as well. Um, I thought I wasn't sure if I'd seen it, but no, I have not. I'm always been familiar with those brothers showing up and coming to America mm-hmm. later. You know, when he gives the money to the poor guys, that that Randolph, come from this. Randolph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then, yes, as watching this, I had not seen this movie. Okay, <clears throat> and then with Chad, I think he had always usually seen clips, but I don't know if he had really seen it all the way through I've before. Never seen it. So all the way through, yeah, this was my first viewing and watching it from beginning to end. Oh, nice. Okay. So, so if anything, it was something new for you guys, and hopefully you guys enjoyed it. All right. So before we get into the actual deep dive, I want to go over this because this is funny. I actually, uh, I know you guys own this movie on Voodoo. I noticed that, but I had recorded this on like HBO or somewhere. And you know how when you watch a movie on a premium channel, it says the following movies rated R and then shows yeah. mm-hmm. why it's rated R. Well, this this is going to double as a trigger warning for some sensitive material that we're going to talk about during this film, because <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd never I'd never seen this before. But on the rated R for it has adult content, normal graphic language, mild violence, nudity. And then it had one I'd never seen. O.C outdated cultural depiction <laughs> oh was, there we go yeah i was like oh wow that's new something they've had to add here now oh, yeah <laughs> so sure. let that serve as your trigger warning because some stuff will be discussed yes as it comes up yeah all right we're gonna dive in so this movie starts off you're getting all kinds of scenes like around philadelphia like you get signs saying philadelphia you get the liberty bell it ends up ending with uh, the Rocky statue. You actually get the Rocky statue because it, it, yeah. I think it had right. just gone up at this point. All the founding fathers statues and yep. stuff like that. Yeah, and then on top of that, you, you're seeing everyday life. So you're seeing people get up in the morning for their jobs. And... Well, to be fair, you see a person that has a butler making his breakfast. <laughs> well, <for him>. that's <laughs> true too. But it's kind of weird because I kind of took it as like okay, these are your normal everyday workers going out making the money for the rich people. So, And they're out there hustling and bustling. He's not. Uh, <laughs> so you know I'd what I mean? He's, like, yeah, he's definitely not because that's, I mean, that's what I noticed too is like you literally see like homeless people on the streets who are like standing beside barrels yes. with fires to stay warm. Meanwhile, you see this guy in the kitchen making fresh orange juice fruit you know squeezing fresh oranges and you can tell he's a butler and not the owner of this house he's doing it for yeah. someone so you're and he's doing it like specific way too to set it up which is interesting so yeah and then we cut to back to this butler i think it's his name coleman coleman mm-hmm. yeah coleman and he's taken to this breakfast to a man in bed brings him his newspaper it's the 80s i know newspapers aren't a thing anymore but they were so he's, he eats that, and then I couldn't do this, but he lets the, the Coleman shaves him while he reads his newspaper. I could That's not let. Thing. I couldn't do that. 
you get the idea that basically Coleman does everything, literally almost everything for him. I wouldn't be surprised if Coleman has to literally drag him out of the bed. Probably. Lead him into the bathroom. Probably has to sit up the toilet seat or something like that for him <laughs> to pee. Probably has to help him get naked to get in the shower and pat him down dry. Yeah, pat him down dry, brush his teeth for him, I think, perhaps. So I wouldn't doubt if he did like just about everything for him. He kind of had that. But in the meantime, like I said, you also have those everyday workers going, like even the workers working out in the cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like with the, we well, see him, he's sh- that dichotomy, mm-hmm. of, you know, this rich person versus, you know, the working man. Right? Yep. Yep. See, like you said, he does everything. He picks out his clothes for him. He can't even pick out yep. his own clothes. And it's pretty much the same suit over and over in the closet, mm-hmm. it looks like. But he he sets it. up the, the suitcase, if I remember right, or two or something like that, or at least has it ready for him. Has it ready for him? Yeah, the briefcase. Excuse me. The briefcase. Yes, yes. The briefcase. Mm-hmm. And the jacket and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was yeah. everything. <laughs> and now, and then. This is this this guy in the bed. This is Dan Aykroyd. He's playing Lewis Winthrop the third. The third. The third. Yes. It's important to put that on there. Yes. <laughs> he uh he walks outside to his car and he just stands there and waits on Coleman to get back from walking oh, up was, lock, yeah. walking up the dumb house. He waits on him to come and open the door for him and then drive him to work. And I'm like, <laughs> I like how the camera does that moment where it follows Dan Aykroyd to the car. And then he just stops and he <laughs> turns to the side and he just sits there and Stand looks there. straight ahead waiting. Yep. And you have this really kind of awkward pause. And then there's Coleman that finally shows up and opens the door. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, man. Yeah. And again, it's to emphasize that Coleman does literally everything, everything for this guy. And, and it's not just Coleman. It's everywhere he goes because then he gets to work. And when, and when he walks in. There's a guy there greeting him, holding his arm mm-hmm. out to put his jacket on. And what was it? He works for, I know it says Duke and Duke on there, but mm-hmm. is, it the, is it like a bank or? It was, a, it was a, it was like a club or something, right? A big old building. It, as soon as he's coming in, I do see Duke and Duke on it, but yeah. And it just looks oh, like it's a bank on yeah, the yeah, inside, I but yeah, I don't yeah, know if it's necessarily a bank, but yeah. Then like Josh yeah, is like saying, you got a brokerage. Type yeah. Place. Yeah. yeah. And you got all those employees from, like, yeah. Good morning. Sorry, good I was saying about the club was like, every, part of later. Yeah, every single employee. Good morning, Mr. Winthrop. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Winthrop. Good morning. I was like, oh my God, that would get old. Let me tell you something. You know, working in an office, when you go in every morning, you have to say, like, good morning. How are you? Like, yeah, 12 times in a row. And that's that's enough to drive me bonkers. That would, yeah, it would having to say up. that, you know, mm-hmm. 10 times to my coworkers. <laughs> Yeah, you know, having to go into this huge corporate building and say that to everybody that you come across, ugh, f that. I'm the only thing is, is like, like I'm good. Thanks. I felt like those workers were all really kissing his butt. Yep. <laughs> like I think all of those people are just doing that because it's like, well, well, he definitely works for the boss. Yeah. Right. We come to and then, he works for, and I'm sure all those people brothers. are wanting to mm-hmm. move up or have an opportunity, and one of it is, of course, being nice to. Lewis went the, the, the oh, oh yeah, yeah. You, you can guarantee he was once one of these guys, you know. Yeah, yeah. this is where he started, and these are the mm-hmm. people trying to work their way to be him. Oh, absolutely. Good morning, Mr. Winthrop. And then we, this, is, this is where we meet the Duke brothers for the first time. I didn't know who they were. I was just like, there's two older men. They're once they're yeah, they kind of look like the old Muppets, the old men and the, <laughs> the Muppets. Old men and the Muppets. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they reminded me that's of. That's kind of what they <laughs> look like. 
that is, that's a good comparison. Yeah. And they're doing the same thing, getting they're getting their clothes picked out from their their personal and they have a ton of servants. They have like a mm-hmm. whole line of servant people yes. that are doing theirs. Well, they live in that gigantic Dutch oh my God. mansion yeah. house yeah. in the middle of nowhere. It looks like the haunted mansion style yeah. down in Disney World. Well, now, oh, that's just wonderful. And so now they could be like the old <laughs> man that's in the graveyard at the haunted mansion. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, the Muppets just had their version of the yeah, exactly. Mansion. So you yeah. guys have you guys have really put this together tonight. <laughs> it's our thesis. That's right. It's our thesis paper. <laughs> we think they're Muppets, not actors. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, and then we get them, you know, they're in the car riding or whatever, and they're they're looking over some, they're trying to figure out whether or not they want to buy or sell on these pork belly pigs. That's the big thing. And Winthrop has called and told him that they need to go for it. And they talk about some deal he did do where he made them an extra $347,000. So we're learning these guys only care about money. Yeah. Yeah, And I was going to say like, cause um, you know, they're in the car and it's almost like, I guess they had like their version of like the internet or something, but it was like, they were able to keep track of the stock prices in real time. Like a little computer in there, which I thought was kind of interesting. I was like, did that did that exist back then? I don't know. I mean, it, and their own I, little phone in there too, and their yeah, like a special I little mean, phone. The early days of that, yeah. That, I mean, I think there it did exist at that point. It was early. It only the rich people little, could have little, something. But you like probably that. had to be as rich as them to have all <laughs> yeah, of that. Yeah, absolutely. So then they arrive at work at the bank and they get out and well, here comes Eddie Murphy for the first time. And how do we meet Billy Mr. Ray Billy Ray Valentine? <laughs> He rolls up no on days. a skateboard. <laughs> he does that later. He does that later on the subway. <laughs> oh, that's right. Still, yeah. that's a good way, Chad. That's a good entrance. <laughs> he he does come up on the skateboard. He's got his legs. You know, he's on his knees. He's got glasses on. So you're like, is he blind? His blind and you know, amputee, amputated, amputee, yeah, yeah. Legs, yeah. And what do these guys do? They beat him away with papers. <laughs> Oh, yeah. They take the newspapers and beat him and tell him, go on. They're not giving him anything. And Chad, this is where they go into the the Heritage Club. Members. Yes, that's right. Yes, the Heritage Club. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Have another round with Buffer. Buffer. (laughs) (laughs) Then we we get a quick scene of them sitting inside and they're they're reading. One's reading the paper. One's reading the science journal. They're just talking about money and how to make money. And I forgot which one it was. I think it was. I think it was Randolph. He said, you know, mother always did say you were greedy. And the other one responds with, well, that was a compliment, not a, (laughs) oh my goodness. And one, I think it kind of, you know, I mean, I know it's a comedy movie, but it sort of, I think definitely illustrates the psychological state of a lot of these rich guys that, you know, well, and I think you take advantage of the, the wall street system and the capitalism well, especially today system. too. I, I mean, that yeah, is very relevant. For they're today. definitely a cutthroat attitude. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you don't get that rich by being nice. You know that's, like, that's why you have true. like a lot of politicians connected yeah, to it. And, so, um, you know, I think it, it just it definitely, you know, they they do a good job. I think yeah. of highlighting the psychological state of these guys. You know, sort of establishing it right off the the get go. Yeah, and you see how stingy they are because. We've, when we were seeing shots of Philly, we saw like Salvation Army workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We saw signs of like Santa on stuff. So, you know, we're getting yeah. into that Christmas season. 
and they give their personal butler or whatever at this work a five dollar bonus as yeah. this Christmas yeah. bonus. And after yeah. they just made thirty-seven thousand right. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, so the extra three hundred forty-seven. Yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> they made all of that, but it's and apparently five dollars. Five dollars. Five dollars. A lot. Yeah. A lot of money for them. It, in today's money, would would still be less than thirteen dollars. I had looked it up. It was like twelve eighty something. I think. And by the way, with the Reagan era, that was part of that whole trickle down economics. Trickle down economics. <laughs> which so, economics, which there's some it, politicians but... who still believe that today, and it's like, okay, yeah, sure, yes. <laughs> five dollars from the red yeah just like oh guys oh don't get political (laughs) (laughs) so i can't help it because it really highlights a lot of that it is a very and it's really connected a lot of ways yeah and i think it definitely highlights that that sort of early era of the administration and And what was yeah and what's to come later on in the 80s and Mm -hmm. how it really what yeah and it still goes on today like especially now i feel like we're more related in a way to the 80s Mm-hmm. with capitalism i guess you could say and a lot of other things uh and so it's like having a big mirror in front of your face to kind of see where what society and socially where people seem to be now we really get into how cheap these guys are because this is where we first get winthrop interacting with these guys and he's the one he's getting them to sign off on all the employees checks and mortimer sit there is like Oh, this is too much. We're playing our employees too much. And and Winthrop <laughs> says, Well, we can't get around minimum wage, you know. Yeah. So they're Again, paying all these I mean? guys minimum wage. Like, good Which Lord. I mean, what was it back then? It must have been oh, like God. four dollars or something. It probably wasn't even four dollars. <laughs> it probably wasn't even that. Like Ugh. those guys working in a bank were not making any money, apparently, because minimum wage, whew. No, you know what it is? They were working hard every day, hoping that they would be able to move up. Mm-hmm. Right here, uh, good morning, good morning, all the <laughs> yeah. time. But again, it's the I, I love what you said too. It highlights how stingy they are, but they are so obvious and how greedy they are mm-hmm. with the money. Yeah. You know, get I mean, they mentioned in there, I think, several times about well, we made such and such just now, or we made such and such today. Yeah, they do mention that quite a bit. But also, while they're talking about how hideous that damn heritage club was, like with the <laughs> green walls and the dark wood trims, okay, the awful like green carpeting in there, like, ugh. yeah, it is look bad. Like there was nothing classy about that place at all. <laughs> like somebody, like they, they must have hired a blind man to decorate that place because it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> how do you really feel, Chad? <laughs> Just saying, those rich people had no taste <laughs> for all the money they had. They had no taste. But while they're signing all these minimum wage checks, Winthrop gets a little suspicious because there's one check that's $50,000. Mm. And they're like, the two us, uh, Clarence Beeks. And he's like, what is this? And they're like, oh, no, don't worry about that. He's just doing some research for us. And then, and then they have him give him that check. We'll give that to him personally. That we, We'll take care of that. So and just send Winthrop away. And you I know, mean, Winthrop doesn't care. I mean, he's, no. you know, he's making his money and he's living fast. He's staying out so, of the business. Yeah. You know, he's just like, okay, well, that's yeah, their I mean, money. <laughs> he, he brought it to their attention. And once they said it yeah. was fine, he didn't worry about it anymore. Then we cut back to old, old Billy Ray Valentine rolling down the street. In the park, right? <laughs> yeah, he's in the park. And this was part of what was uh, 
this is part of what was left in the script that you could tell was written for Richard Pryor because Eddie Murphy's I think 23 here like he's young yeah, he's this really his, young he's super young in this movie yeah this is his second movie at this point in fact there was there was a good there was a good joke where i forgot how many movies it was but Rand, randolph or ralph bellamy who played randolph and donna mitchell who played mortimer between the two of them they had made like 98 movies or something Oh, so wow. Eddie Eddie Murphy working on his second movie said, you know, between the three of us, we got a hundred movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, but he rolls down. He's talking to this woman, and he's like, you know, once you have a man with no legs, you never go back. Line. <laughs> uh, then, the, of course, the cops stop, and they're like, we heard about this uh, con man pretending he has no legs, pretending to be blind. And then Billy Ray tells him, Nah, he's an amputee. He stepped on a mine and. And Nam, which is where I talk about, it, it should have been Richard Pryor because you need to be older. There's no way he yeah. served in Nam. My no, and especially is... that young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's too young to have done it. But then that plan backfires because the cops ask him where because they were in Nam themselves and he's trying to list all this stuff, but they could tell it's fake. It's fake. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and so they end up picking him up one on each arm and take his glasses off. He's like, I could see. That's right. And his legs fall down. He's like, I do have legs. Praise <laughs> Jesus. And he just walks away from the cop yeah. and praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. What a happy day. And and they just look at him, but the, he gets away from him. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, it worked. And he ends up actually backing while he's doing this. He's looking at the cops walking backwards. He ends up backing into Lewis Winthrop, knocking his oh, briefcase, that's right. briefcase oh, yeah, that's on the scene. ground. Oh, my God. And, and let's talk about another relevance. Yeah, and another relevance for today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because because and like we said, just because a black man backed into him, he's like, he's trying to rob me. He's yep, trying to rob mm-hmm. me. and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. He's picking it up, giving you your damn briefcase back, and you're sitting there yelling, "He take it, take it, take what you need, whatever you want." And I'm like, oh, oh and man. you're right. Unfortunately, yeah. this is something that's still relevant today, and it's very, very unfortunate, but. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, you know, the thing is, I mean, you know, definitely the the you know, they were highlighting the race issue, mm-hmm. I think, with that. But they were also highlighting the classes, the classes. Um, that's true too. separation. Yeah. You know, this, you know, like, oh, this peasant, how dare he? You yep. know, so, yeah, very, very still prevalent in today's world. Well, if I remember too, like, see, Dan Aykroyd wrote this movie, too. Right. He was part of the writing at least part of the writing team for this one. Oh, I don't know about that. Maybe. No, never mind. He no, he, yeah, he's not on the writing team. I was thinking he was part of it because, you know, he's always usually part of the creativity behind the some movies he's in. But anyway, it just goes to show that there was a lot of thought, I think, into putting the realism of the world, but yet doing a, also a good job of keeping the humor in there right so it has a really good balance but because then it kind of gets exaggerated and he starts running into the club if i remember right Um, yeah because at least in that office and yeah because winthrop won't (laughs) winthrop won't take the briefcase back so billy (laughs) and takes off running into the club running through the office the officer of course tons of officers come in there's like six officers i think that come in end up chasing down what do they do they all point their gun right in his face all around oh yeah circle and i couldn't help but sit there and think because of you know the stuff that we've seen 
in recent times, I couldn't help but sit there and go like, oh my God, the guns are just pointed mm-hmm. right at them and that could yeah. have been much worse or something. You know, I know that sounds too dark to think of, but that's immediately what came, came to my mind, which I was sitting there going, that's also the intelligence of the movie if you think about mm-hmm. it in some respect is it still there if it was there then it's there today right and winthrop tells the cops that he was trying what he had in that briefcase was all those payroll checks so he was trying to steal that even though we know he was not trying to steal a damn yep. thing but mm-hmm. and this is where the brothers are looking at this situation and randolph tells him you know he's just a product of a poor environment and mortar oh yeah this is the line. That, this this is a this oh. is the line here. And Mortimer says there's something wrong with him. He's like he's a Negro. He's probably been stealing since he could crawl. And when he said that, I was like, oh I yeah, I know. Hand I on like, my head, and I was like, <laughs> oh, that was yeah, like awful already. Like, oof. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine what maybe the audience thought too when they first saw that? And I bet the reaction was the same too for a majority of audience. They're just like. Wow, that was awful. That was bad. Yeah. Honestly, in 1983, I'm gonna think that they didn't think that that they. <laughs> I'm well, you know, it's... no, I, I, I yeah, I, it, I think they should have thought that. I just don't think that they did, unfortunately, and that's part of the problem. Because <laughs> like, the crazy I, thing I, is, it's something I could hear even today with some people. Exactly, you know, and that's that's what's bad. Uh, I was talking to someone at work about this movie and. He's like, oh, it's fine. It's just done for comedy. It's done for comedy. And I'm like, no, man. I like, no, sir. Like, did you really find that funny? (laughs) Well, I mean, like, we were talking about other scenes later, which we'll get to. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's done for comedy. That still doesn't make it right. (laughs) Right. Because, I mean, it's, I mean, if anything, yeah, you, you understand, like, the, in terms of where the character's mindset is that's just what the character is going to think but you know even as an audience member you can still sit there and empathize and be like that's bad <laughs> you cannot that's awful what is up with this man to, to say that now or, or even back then i guess but yeah yeah you know, yeah well bad. definitely again you know they're they're using it as a method to sort of highlight how Agreed. awful these people yeah. are and like you said too the classism mm-hmm. as well because you saw that the that club classism. and there was no there was no there's not there's no black person in that club in that color color, yeah at all yeah oh no no definitely no. a sea of like that creamy eggshell white yep <laughs> yeah yeah so of course billy ray gets taken away and randolph and mortimer decide to bet they bet that they think that billy ray can run the company as well as winthrop and that they think that they can make winthrop not only by losing his job, but they can make him turn to a life of crime. They're like, what do you want to bet? The usual amount. We don't find that out till much later. <laughs> yeah. Which that <laughs> turns out pretty bad too. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> so now we get a scene, a dinner scene. Winthrop is talking to his girlfriend about the whole Penelope. situation. Penelope. That's right. Penelope. Penelope. Oh, yes. Penelope. Yes. Her name is awful Penelope. name. Ugh. Was I don't think like, Penelope oh, Cruz would appreciate that, Chad. Well, and then like in the scene, like you know, obviously she's like, you know, he's he's told her the story of what happened. She's like, you know, very attracted to him. And yeah. I'm like, you know, he, you know, he had to lie to her about what yeah. happened. And he was like this, you know, strong man that of you know, fought off this dangerous criminal, right? And so she's all like, Louis, I want you now." 
<laughs> right? And he's yeah. like, uh, Coleman, we'll mm-hmm. be having our drinks in the living room or wherever it is. The yeah, by the, by, yeah, by the fire. By the fire, yeah. And he's like, yeah, what about dessert? giving him that come hither look. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you can have the dessert. And then we cut to Coleman throwing the dessert in the trash. He's like, I don't want this rich people shit. You guys eat terribly. <laughs> he doesn't say it. that's how I took it, though. He's dumping it in the trash. So I thought right. it was funny. And at this point, he's in the kitchen. He ends up getting a call from one of the Duke brothers. And he's, and he's, they're telling Coleman about what they're planning to do with the Billy Ray and Winthrop switch. Now they're going to. Oh, yeah, which like, oh. that's crazy too with Coleman in this movie, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But I was like, what the hell is going on here with that? Like, I don't know. I'll tell you a little bit more later when we get to that point. Okay. Well, it probably gets set up right here when he, he's telling them everything they plan to do. And of course, he's agreeing, agreeing. And then when he gets off the phone, he's like, you scumbag. All right. there. And then he's talking. It got Winthrop talking to that girl again. And she wants to do some party. And it's on January 2nd. So we know we're getting close to the new year, but we're not there yet. And he says he can't do it. That's like the busiest week of work. You know, and at this time, like this is right before they're going to do it. So they're getting undressed, like taking each other's oh, clothes yeah. off while they're having this conversation. While they're having talk about, you know, yeah. the crop reports and, you know, the money and all that stuff. Yeah, because she she wants to go to a party and he's worried about work because that's a busy week at work. Well, like you said, with all this crop reports and all this stuff. I'm like, huh, yeah, I guess, you know, when you're rich, money turns you on. So you might as well <laughs> talk it up, you know, talk up the money. I guess, and as she, of course, as she gets to her underwear, Coleman pops his head in and asks if he's needed any more tonight. <laughs> and and I meanwhile, you have him in his boxers, I think. Yeah, yeah Winthrop's in his boxers. boxers, down to his boxers, but he puts himself in front of her, Penelope. Yes. Then we we cut to Billy Ray Valentine in jail. Mm. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that? Yep. He's telling these guys, he's like, "Yeah, Bruce Lee was my teacher," and he's doing these terrible looking karate moves that you can tell. <laughs> He's, and he talks about some some kind of technique where you lose a quart of blood by doing it. And I'm like, uh, okay. And, of course, he's saying that he, he beat up 10 cops. That's why he's in jail. And all of a sudden, there, there's these two big guys sitting off on another bench. And they were there when he got there. And he's like, you were crying when you were brought in. And if you were in a, <laughs> yeah. and if you were in a fight with 10 cops, why do you have no marks from the fight? And he says, <laughs> I love this. He's like, I'm a karate man. I keep my bruises on the inside. I don't show no, <laughs> yeah. show nothing to the other man. You Barry White looking motherfucker. <laughs> Which guy kind of did remind me of Barry White. So yeah, Which he did kind of look like him. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because it. The great thing about the setup here is that you learn that with Billy Ray, he's he's a hustler, man. That's all, all he's time. had to do. So yeah, all the time he's always thinking on his feet and try to play to any situation that comes to his way mm-hmm. if it's a way to get out of it or to get money and so like you know he's just he's a guy that's been hustling and bustling and you know not someone who's meant to hurt anybody he's just really trying to survive every day and this uh very white character and his partner come over and they lift him up on the cage and and he says something like well just in time for thanksgiving you jive turkey <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're starting. It sounds like we're starting before Thanksgiving. <laughs> we're going to work our way down. But of course, right as they lift him up, the cops are coming saying Billy Ray may bail. And even Billy Ray surprised. He's like, I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he walks out. He looks around. He's like, hmm, 
You know, he's just taking it in, trying to figure out who the hell made his bell. And this is when the Duke brothers pull up and they want to talk to him and tell him they have, they offer him a bottle of nice whiskey to talk to him. They get Which is really fun. weird because it's like two old white men show up in a limo <laughs> offering you whiskey. Well, and you know, like, he says that he's like, what you do know, you want? I, you guys think I robbed you, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, we're the one that made your bell. That's the what. Yeah, but you know, it just really, makes it seem like something else. Like you know, they're propositioning. They're him. propositioning him. You know, which so, is well, actually kinda, they, which they is what are, he when he's in the car. Different, yeah. but they are. They are. <laughs> if you ask the driver of the car, he's like, he's like, are these men a couple? You know, that's right. He does <laughs> say that. Yeah, and it does <laughs> come off that way at first. Yeah, because they're like, they're like offering him like you know, yeah, house, you're right. They're so offering they, the money yeah. and all that stuff. He's like, uh. <laughs> The cigars. <laughs> they offer. Yeah, I love they off. They open up the box of cigars and he takes all the cigars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, don't like, we see that throughout his interaction with him? He's always taking something. I think right throughout the whole time he's with them. Yeah, even when they give him the house, he's still trying to take stuff, and they have to explain to yes, him that it's. I his. remember that yeah. part in the living room at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah they like he takes the cigars. They ask him, they want to employ him at the company and offer him 80000 a year. And that's when he leans up to the driver and asks, are these guys, well, I'm not going to say, the, you know the word that we mm-hmm. all used in the 80s. That was just normal if you watch 80s movies. He was asking point. if yeah. they were gay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And the driver just shrugs. He refuses to answer. He doesn't say a word. <laughs> but, hey, the charges have been dropped. Billy Ray says he'll stick with them then. So what do they do? They take Billy Ray to the house, and it's the house that Winthrop was in. This was the house that the, you know he was living in. So now Coleman's his servant. Sounds like <laughs> the name of a movie, The House That Winthrop Was In. <laughs> 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 the film critics are calling it the best picture of the year. <laughs> Nominated for 22 Academy Awards. <laughs> Every category. <laughs> Rolling Stone Rays, stunning. <laughs> <laughs> Variety, four stars. All right, we get to see Billy Ray in the jacuzzi, and he doesn't know what a jacuzzi is, you know. Oh, and they turn yeah. on the bubbles, and he's like, oh, well, we wanted bubbles. We had to fart in the tub. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a fun line. Oh, and yeah, now, I do like, too, we're <laughs> kind of going back where that they're showing, they're trying to tell him, oh, wait a minute. Was it after the bathtub scene where they try to tell him, like, no, no, this is your house. Yeah, that, that's after. coming. Okay. Like, yeah, it's like all dressed okay. up really nice. Yeah. Yeah, because Mortimer sends all the old raggedy clothes in. He's like, send him to the laundry. We're going to need him. That's right. When we send him back to the ghetto after the bet. And I was like, yeah. oh, oh, I know <laughs> some of those lines they say about him. Yeah, I, even, I made the note. I was like, oh, my God, what an asshole. <laughs> but yes, here we go. Now, Billy Ray's in his suit. And his name's Billy Ray, and Randolph keeps calling him William. And Billy Ray, like, no, my name's not William. Okay, William. Okay, William. You got <laughs> to have that more professional they, sounding name. Exactly. They got to give it that rich kind of sound, at yeah, least. Yeah. He's yeah. too peasant. He has a peasant sounding yep. name. And this is where the brothers, they're trying to explain to him, this is your home now. Billy Ray's still not buying in. Mm, Mortimer actually no, goes over like, and starts pulling like, stuff out of his jacket. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he's testing them. He's, he's testing like, to see like, if so this call is, the cops. He's like, this is my house. Huh? So I can I can do this. And he's like stuffing things. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Well, the st- like he was stealing stuff without them knowing it. Well, and, and then they, uh, you know, like, if you steal this, you're just stealing from yourself. But then he's yeah. like, yeah. okay. <laughs> So you're telling me I can do this. And he starts juggling this base and he accidentally drops it. <laughs> and they're not mad. They're, they're, well, you can kind of tell they're a little like, 
but yeah, at first they were like, off. <laughs> and he's like, oh, he's like, what was that worth or whatever? And they're like, oh, I think we paid fifteen thousand. No, I think it was more than that. Well, right? thirty-five thousand. I'll tell you, I got it, Chad. I got it. Okay. So <laughs> he drops it, and they're not mad, you know. And he's like, oh, that that must have been fake or whatever. And Randolph says, no, that face cost was thirty-five thousand. But we had insurance set at fifty thousand on it. That's so you it. just that, made us fifteen thousand. Yeah. That's right. That's where you got the fifteen from. <laughs> yeah, that's where I, I knew when, when he brought it up. I knew where it was coming from. And then and again, they, highlighting money for them, how much they're getting, right? And I mean, let's say you know, whenever you have like renters insurance or whatever, like you always you always fudge the numbers a little bit. You're like, oh, TV paid like three hundred for, but you're like, I paid six hundred for it. There you go. <laughs> Because yeah. all you do is give estimates, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. So Billy Ray, since he made him money, he's like, Well, y'all want me to break something else? And both brothers and Coleman all are like, No, at the same time. No. They, they don't want stuff breaking. And then we get it, we get it cut back to a shot. Now the brothers are they're looking out the window, and this is where they see they see Winthrop. He's walking by, they're back in their office or whatever. And you look down and you see this other guy like at a payphone. This so we learn later who he is. And I was at first, I was like, is this a hitman? Are they trying to take him out instead of just turning him, you know, letting him go? Right. Because mm-hmm. he points, looks at bro- at, uh, at the Duke brothers up in the window and they nod, letting him know that's the guy that they're looking for. So he starts following them. And then we're back at the Heritage Club and the bells ring. And they have, oh my God, it's like lunchtime or whatever. For all these employees, and they literally have a single servant to bring every tray. Not a single servant. They have a servant for every person mm-hmm. that's yeah. getting lunch. Like every like 20 or 25 servants bringing trays into this damn and like, lunch. What kind of room was it? I mean, it looked like, you know, fucking like the Congress Hall or something. Because yeah. you, know, you had like yeah. these podiums up in the front and these like some tables like you know semicircle surrounding it like something in the uk or something chairs along the edges so winthrop walks in paul gleason's character who is this clarence beaks bumps into him and you can see you see him put something in his pocket of course winthrop doesn't notice every all these members you get the horns (laughs) there you go breakfast club sorry i had to say guys that don't know (laughs) i had to say it the members all sit down and the, and the leader stands up. I don't, I, I don't know. It's not one of the brothers. It's someone else. And he's like, there's a thief in our presence. And for the first time in 200 years, and he brings up Paul Gleason and Mr. Beaks, call him Beaks from here on out. And he's like, what I want you guys to do is all stand up and put one hand on your shoulder to the person on your left and then empty the pockets of the person on your right. And, and then they have him sit down with all their stuff on the table. And he's like, we marked three $50 bills that were stolen with X's on the back. And, of course, they go down. And who has them? Winthrop has these bills, of course. And Winthrop's like, I've never seen that in my life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah doing that whole thing. Yeah. Deny. Yeah. <laughs> deny. Deny. Yeah. So Which, I mean, to his he, credit, he really did not know. I say he didn't do it. <laughs> and then the other thing, too, is. I brought this up to the chat. I was like, he's rich anyway. And they and yet they expect him to fall money. to fall to his, yeah. his lowest point over $150. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's more about losing the job and getting fired. It's more about than that. Because you got to think what comes after this when he's you're gonna talk about Coleman stuff. I assume it has stuff to do with him as well, but maybe not. Maybe your stuff is different. Oh, it's we'll kinda, see. 
kind of a little different because of his motives, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Okay, okay. So cops taking away. He's saying he's not a thief. He's yelling, whatever. Then we get Beeks at a police station. He's he's whispering to the cop something. So I guess he's telling him about the plan, and the cop goes along with it, which I found kind of crazy. <laughs> you know? You're right. Mm-hmm. Did you get <laughs> Winthrop's in front of his office and in the in the, the front of the officers, and they're like, "Take off your clothes." <laughs> I love. Oh the line. yeah. <laughs> I love the line the cop gives him: "Strip you little shit before I tear you a new <laughs> asshole." <laughs> I know, I know. I'm permitted two phone calls. Just point me to the phone. Take off your clothes. Now, wait a minute. I know my rights. Take off your clothes. You are making a career decision here. Now, you'd better think about it, because it's something that you are going to have to live with for the rest of your life. Strip you little shit before I tell you a new asshole. Oh, it's a great line. Which it kind of tells you that officer was, like, all about ass or something, because... He calls him a little shit, and then he's like, oh, and I'll tear you an ass, new asshole as well. And it's kind of like fixated Boy, you on really the butt. Fix it on the butt there, aren't you? It's a lot right, of butt references in a couple of sentences. Right, you know, and now I'm wondering. jail and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be a lot of butt references. Now that I'm thinking about it, I wonder if Beeks was telling him to check him, because now they go through his stuff, and he has PCP. And oh, I wonder if yeah. they're the ones that told him, but I think they would have checked him anyway, right? Well, that's, that's what I'm not yeah. sure. Of. Or is that when he was arrested? Angel dust, right? It's <laughs> angel dust, yeah. Which I don't know. If, is that PCP? I don't know. I'm not a drug person. I'm not either. But I just remember him saying it was. If you know this, please comment below. I think uh, you're right, Chris, because a lot of people keep saying it's heroin. He's like, no, it was PCP or it was angel yeah, dust. It was yeah, angel dust. Yeah, so I, I mean, think you're right. That... I'm having a flashback to like Stranger with Candy. Oh, <laughs> the angel dust. Jerry Blaine. But yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, if, if he was arrested, I mean, he would have been searched when he was arrested. Right. And I would think they would have found because oh, I don't know. They found it in his jacket, right? Yeah, they found it. Is that what the police found it in? Stuff, yeah. So you would think that they would have searched him then before they even brought him to the police station mm-hmm. and, and would have found it. But yeah, anyway, not- you know. Plot convenience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, you're right because this is what gets him officially booked, and how he's, it shows him taking his mugshot. He's going to jail. Then we cut to Billy Ray, and he goes into the bar. And Billy Ray now has money, so what's he do? He asks for the best bottle of champagne. And the bartender surprises he's even there because he he has a debt, and Billy Ray pays off the debt and buys everyone in this bar champagne. <laughs> He's being like yeah, Devere, right? He takes the champagne for everyone. <laughs> Which, by the way, is a little Britain reference. Also, a problematic show. <laughs> problematic, received, yeah, uh, but heat. funny, real funny too. Ah, uh, anyway, and then he takes out like a bunch of bills, right? And he's like, "Oh, I can take care of that debt or something like that." And he just, yeah, yeah, when he, he flops the bills head, everywhere, yeah. yeah, like a baller. <laughs> and like, and then of course, there's the two guys from the jail that he was in yep. earlier who. Are watching him and he's getting all this adulation from the people in the bar and they're kind of like starting to get jealous and all that stuff and and he had told him in the jail we didn't mention that he had a limo that was coming to pick him that's up. right yeah that's so right. he tells him now yeah my limo's outside and of course they go look outside and coleman's standing outside waiting on him in front of the limo and everything so yeah looks like he wasn't a bullshitter even though when he was in jail he actually was, he really but, was yeah. <laughs> how convenient in that moment, yeah, it was very yeah. lucky. <laughs> yeah, so now Billy Ray leaves. He's got about three women 
I think on his arms at this point. But then, of course, when we're back at the house, he brings like the whole fucking bar with yes. him. Right, he brings the whole bar with him. And these know? people are being trashy. <laughs> I just trashy. Trashy. And then you have like the two ladies dancing. Oh my God. <laughs> I like how. Okay. So this was, I thought was funny. You got this one woman that takes her top off, but then this other woman's like, Oh, is she gonna take her top off? Too? Yeah. Then I'm gonna do it too. And she's like, she just kind of like seemed like she got jealous. And was like, I, I got good titty too. And it, well, well, it's funny because before that, <laughs> sorry, but you know what I mean. Like, it was like, it was like suddenly it was a a top off competition or something. Oh, it was funny. It was before the first woman even took her top off. It was like this guy in a trench coat being a flasher, but he was wearing boxers and everything. <laughs> That's and right. I don't know why that made her take her top off, but. I, yeah, maybe it's it a was sexy party. <laughs> yeah, as Dewey would say. But you can sexy tell party. You can also tell Bill Ray's kind of adapting to this lifestyle here because, like, yeah, well, and then he's looking putting... around and realizing everything has a price to it, a high price, price tag. and people are not respecting the space or anything. They're not, like that, but they're know? but he's also getting mad at little things. At least I thought it was a little thing, like people not using a coaster. Yes. That was a little thing that I went, oh yeah, he's adapting nicely to this. Like, yeah, but you know, certain what? You people were nice putting out shit on mm-hmm. the floor. So, I mean, I'd be pretty particular about people using coasters. I'd be a coaster person too. Oh my god! And the other thing too, <laughs> cigarettes. Oh god, yeah, like um, cigarette marks on the couches and yeah, ooh, I hate yeah. that. That ugh. yeah, that would that would irritate me too. But yeah, he ends up getting so mad, he ends up cutting the music off after he sees these comes down and they're dancing topless and all that, and he just yells. Get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. At first, they're looking at him like, what? Oh, but wait, and then there was that moment he went upstairs and that one woman's in the bed for him, too. And she's like, topless, she's topless as well before yeah. the other women downstairs, by the right. way. And she's like, oh, I've been here waiting for you, Billy Ray, or something like that. And he just says, get on some clothes and get out. Like he yeah. is, he's lost complete, which interest. is a quick turnaround for him. Yeah, that was a quick turnaround. It was a quick turnaround for his character, I thought, because, you know, a few scenes before you would think especially when he was at the bar mm-hmm. and he had all those women on him he probably would have jumped on it right, right then and there but suddenly something changed when i back I think it's because once it was in his acting. house yeah yeah once it was in his house i think is what got it got to him yeah and of course he tells he tells coleman they're just a bunch of freeloaders treating my house like a fucking zoo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i like how coleman's just kind of like Mm-hmm. like his face is kind of is like good for you sir finally seeing that yeah so billy ray just like you, you're done for the night i'm going to bed you do whatever you know and then now we cut to winthrop he's getting out of jail you can tell he's had his ass beat he's got a black eye and a busted lip <laughs> oh and then on top of that they don't even give him his clothes back no he's got some ugly ass he has some ugly clothes on, like. <laughs> <laughs> and then who's waiting and you can for tell that, that that's the reek really bad like, oh yeah <laughs> well and then of course she tells him he stink and he's like Penelope. oh yeah oh before we check. before we see him meet her we actually oh. see beaks paying the hooker which is jamie oh, lee curtis that's right jamie lee that's curtis. right we see her we like yeah you want we hear him say hey you want to make a fast 100 and then you meet then the girlfriend comes up because that's how she has to come make her entrance yeah yeah well, she's mad. like she yeah. just got released from jail as well so she was making her, her yeah. way out, and that's when he stopped her. She's like, oh, come on. Like, I just got out. She's like, are you making a proposition here in the police station? Exactly. Right there in the damn precinct, you're going to ask that. But yeah, he's, <laughs> she's embarrassed. The girlfriend, Penelope, embarrassed by his clothes, his shoes, everything. And he's like, 
do you not understand? Those men wanted to have sex with me in <laughs> there. <laughs> sex with me in there. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Just like him too, like an actor. Oh goodness! And he's and, and we find out he's being charged with embezzlement from the company. Of course, he's claiming he's innocent, but the girlfriend's not buying it. Over $150? <laughs> exactly. Like, there, Seems like something you can pay back really easily. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds like, I guess, that they're charging him with more than that. They just used yeah. the 150 as the plan to catch him. Yep. The plan to catch him, even though it was a plan, obviously. I see. But, of course, they're sitting there, and all of a sudden, the hook, uh, I didn't know her name. I kept writing Hooker until I figured out her name. Her name's Ophelia. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, to be honest, like to be fair, we don't find out her name. Yeah, we don't find out her later. name till later, and I hadn't just seen a few it, so scenes I didn't later. Know it was <laughs> but you're, but you're right. You could call her Hooker for the whole, for at least the part of the time. Uh, but yes, Ophelia, <laughs> aka Hooker, aka Hooker, Hooker in the movie, she comes up to Winthrop and just starts kissing on him and asking, and she's like, "You have a dime bag? I'll do those that thing you like." And of course, yeah. that, that Penelope <laughs> off, and she smacks him with the purse. It's like, "I never want to see you again." And she leaves. And of course, Winthrop's looking like, what the fuck? And Ophelia's like, it was a joke. I got paid by your friend. And of course, she turns around and Beaks Beaks is is gone. gone. Yeah. Kind of like Michael Myers in that moment. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine playing that? (laughs) Right? (laughs) That strike, that music chord strike. (laughs) Jamie Lee Curtis found her new Michael Myers, huh? (laughs) (laughs) It's Beaks. Clarence Beaks <laughs> doesn't have the same ring to it. I'll Chris. see you in detention. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> oh shit! So anyway, Winthrop ends up taking her back. He's like, "I'll give you your money. I got it at the house or whatever." And you and know course, what I realized too? Just real quick, Jamie Lee Curtis was also super young when she did this movie. She was only maybe twenty four yeah, when she they had to be- maybe filmed it. And then going on 25 when it was released. So yeah. her and Eddie Murphy were kind of around the same age. Yeah. And I would think Dan Aykroyd is probably a few years older. Yeah. Like, I think he may have been at least hitting 30 around this point, if I remember right. Because I know he was born in the early 50s. 30, 31, about the time of filming and release. 31 at release, I could tell you that. Yeah. So, yeah, probably 30 when he's filming. So, yeah, they're all young. But yeah, Eddie Murphy's the youngest and just getting in the business at this point. Right. But yeah, Winthrop takes the ha- goes to the house, and of course Coleman acts like he's no idea who he is when he answers the door, and he won't let Winthrop in, and tells him he's going to call the police if he doesn't go away. So the, the the plan is in full effect here, and Winthrop is like, "What the fuck do you mean? You've been my damn <laughs> butler for who knows how long at this point? You know, we don't right because he's like, dragging Ophelia with them at this point, and he's like, yeah." Uh, and then I think he promises to pay her because of the cab right. ride. Exactly. He yeah. promised to pay her. He takes, he ends up taking a, he goes to like, the I'll show now. you. I really am yeah. rich. It's more about him showing her than anything. He wants to mm-hmm. prove that he's important, that he is an important person in life. And it's uh, not working out for him so far. No. In fact, he goes to the bank and he's like, you know what? Give me 500. You know what? Give me a thousand dollars. Just trying to show <laughs> off in front of her. Yep. And then the bank manager has to come over like uh, your your credit card has been your account has been frozen. And he actually has to take his credit cards from him. And then the cops throw him out on the street. <laughs> oh, like, my God. Ooh. And they throw him out there. That one guy threw him out there rough. 
Yeah, I'm saying they threw him out like he just tried to Ooh. come in and rob the damn thing. Like it's like how did Dan Aykroyd land pretty well? Because <laughs> I was like, that had to hurt. <laughs> Ophelia's like, you know what? Forget about the money. You you <laughs> you know you're, you're yep. going through a rougher patch than me at this point. She's like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> I got to get home. <laughs> And with her, you can tell he, he just wants her to believe that he actually has money. That's one all he person, cares about. One person to believe him, at least. Yeah. But she gets in the cab, and you know what? She's like, she she waves him over. She she feels his hand. She's like, you have soft hands. You haven't worked a day in your life. <laughs> yeah. And that's where she, I think, I think they give her the, because, yeah. you know, she could tell just by his hands how, that he was pampered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that yeah, he she obviously even mentions that he had money. a manicure. Yeah. That's right. Even the manicure. That's right. Right, she did yeah. mention that. Yeah. So now they, she's like, you know what? Just come with me. So she gets her to come with her. And of course, I like how she's always chewing gum too. By the way, is she? I don't think in I the movie, she's, she's always crap. yeah, she's don't always chewing know? gum in the movie. <laughs> so while they're in the cab, they pull up, of course, next to Billy Ray in the limo. He's like, of course, Billy Ray recognized. Like that's the guy that tried to say I stole from him. And with her jelly. That's the guy that stole from me. That's the guy that stole from me. <laughs> and that's my butler. That's my yeah. butler. Yeah. Yep. He starts shouting that that's, that's his car. You know, that's not only mm-hmm. his car. That's his car. That's his driver. And Billy Ray, you can tell us he's like some strange shit's going on. Like, yeah. what in the yeah. world? How am I all of a sudden with this guy? You know, basically in this guy's life. You know, he's basically mm-hmm. switched lives with him. That's what he's done. And Coleman tells him, nah, don't worry about it. You you can't be late for your first day of work. And, and Billy Ray's and worried because he, he's going to a he, job that he has no idea what the fuck he's supposed to do, you know? Right. <laughs> and you know what's crazy is that they're kind of figuring, like, they're knowing some shit's going on. And they're being played like puppets by the Muppets. <laughs> I knew you. I didn't like that one, Josh. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. So <laughs> Billy Ray goes into work and... He just getting there, and the secretary's like, "Yeah, they're already waiting on you." And the Duke brothers are there to welcome him. We find out here they're commodities brokers; they deal in agricultural products. So he shows them this table, and there's coffee, there's wheat, there's the pork bellies, <laughs> and I love that he's like, "There's coffee, which you might drink in the morning. There's wheat, which you might use to make bread." He's like, "There's pork bellies." <laughs> which you can make bacon, which you might find on a bacon, lettuce, and tomato right. sandwich. And I love this scene because Billy Ray looks directly at the camera and he gives this look like, are you fucking serious? Do they yeah. not yeah. <laughs> I think I know oh, what yeah. bacon is? <laughs> like, I love that scene that when he looks in the camera and gives that look. Oh, yeah, because yeah. you know what? It's, it's thinking exactly what the audience is thinking in that moment. Like, no You're shit. talking down to yeah. him and everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. really, Columbo? Is this how it goes? And then they're, they're figured t- it out. And then the last thing on the table, of course, is the frozen orange juice, which is something else they've been trying to mm-hmm. figure out whether or not they want to buy or not. This whole they want to try to corner the for- frozen orange juice market because it's basically as good as gold. And they're like, the good thing is we just need to get the clients to buy because whether they make money or lose money, we'll get the commission. Like they're all about which. Yeah. Because that's where he's like, that's the best part. He's like, and the best part is the commission. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And if you watch Wolf of Wall Street, you'll learn it's cutthroat like this. So another movie that deals. Oh man, I, I probably need to watch that. And uh, and what is that? Uh, Wall Street, right? With Michael Douglas. Yeah, I oh, never yeah. watched that one either. Either you're right. And I love I love Billy Ray right here. He's like, you guys sound like a couple of bookies. So 
Yeah. All you gambling. <laughs> like, do you understand what that is? And like, also American like Psycho. It's... American Psycho. Yeah. Yeah, but you don't see the trading cutthroat part of it in American Psycho. Like very that, true on know. that too. Yeah, but he kills people, so it's kind of the same. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, it's in that vein. <laughs> he makes commission by slashing people. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Now we cut back to Winthrop, and he's carrying the groceries for Ophelia. And he's like, he, he's thinking Billy Ray is the one that somehow framed him with the money and got him out of this. You know? And this is actually the scene where we learn her name is Ophelia, by the way. She's, oh, she's, yeah. Yeah, because she tells him her name's Ophelia. She, she's got this long, like, curly-haired wig on. This is where she pulls her wig oh, off. Oh, yeah, this is where she takes him to her apartment. Her apartment, yes. Yeah, I, that was funny. Where rough they're, side of town. Rough side of town. I like when they were walking the street there, right? Yeah. And there's that point where is it, they were at the fire. A couple guys were yeah. at the fire, right? And she's like, hey, how you doing? You know, because those guys knew her and she knew them. And he's like, you know those people? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, they look after me. <laughs> yeah, and then like, she goes to like this kind of rundown building where it looks like there was a building used to be beside her, but it's just torn down or something. So he got this gap between buildings. But anyway, she goes through that rickety kind of door or whatever. Those rickety stairs. Then she goes up those rickety stairs. Then you go to her apartment and you're like, this is completely different than what you're seeing on the outside because it was actually really nice on the inside. Yeah, you tell she. <laughs> She had pride in where she lived. And she yeah, yeah, she did. Too, like it's clean. Yep. It's she says that she's clean. like, yeah. she's like the place is a dump, but it's cheap, it's clean, and it's all mine. Yeah. And she even says she's like she doesn't do drugs, she doesn't have a pimp, she's doing all this on her own. She says she's yep. she saved forty two thousand dollars, which I was like, wow, that is a yeah. lot to say. And she, she mean, says like a two years, like money, I think but... she said she was like a couple years off from retirement. Yeah. She might have, yeah. I think she did say Which, that. Yeah. That's what she, she's like, yeah, because it was like real fast where she was in there like, it's a dump, but it's clean and it's warm. She's like, I got 42000 in my bank account. I'm a couple years away from rent, so don't ruin any shit for me yeah. here, basically is what she was telling them. Yeah. yeah, and she's like, and if I help you get back on your feet, you're going to pay me five figures. So that's at least 10 grand, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll help her get to her goal faster. And then she goes in the room and this is the part Jamie Lee was a little uncomfortable with. She did it for the first time, and I think the only time, from what I understand, where she takes her shirt off and showed off the girl. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You can tell this movie was written by men. Well, not necessarily <laughs> that part, because there's another part she does that. Yeah, she does um, She does go a little bit later. Bare chest. Oh, I meant, I meant the only movie, though. The only movie. Oh, okay, I don't think she did yeah. it. I don't think she does it in another movie. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, some people want to make cracks that you know oh she ran around with her breasts out in her horror movies and it's like actually no she mm-hmm. never got she never she showed did, never shows nudity mm-hmm. in her horror movies but it's only been the mainstream movies mm-hmm. that she did show some nudity yeah i really think it's only this i know in true lies she's in her underwear but i don't think she ever right. actually gets no she doesn't you don't see any nudity in that one I know that sounds disappointing, right? <laughs> but that's not what i mean <laughs> but it's funny cuz she's you know she's doing it in the mirror which i was like yeah, no, she's checking herself out. I, I mean, I don't know. I'd be impressed with myself, but she sees Winthrop looking in, and she's like, she covers herself up, and she's like, "Food and rent aren't the only thing that costs money around here." And closes right. the door on him. <laughs> now we cut back to the brothers. We're learning that the pork belly's price is going down, and Mortimer wants to buy, and Billy Ray's like, "No, no, no, you need to wait. It's Christmas time. People can't afford that kind of stuff right now. It, let it let it drop a little more." Randolph isn't happy. 
Oh, yeah, he's Randolph, like being Randolph, all antsy. It, Randolph is happy. Mortimer's the one that wants to buy. Mortimer's yes. the one that's... You gotta remember, Randolph and notice too, like taking a bet on Billy Ray. Randolph is the one that seems more positive about right. Billy Ray. Yes. Whereas Mortimer, has, like usually when you see him and it involves Billy Ray, he's kind of, you know, he's wanting to get rid of the guy real fast, mm-hmm. or he's like, this guy's going to, you know, pull one on us, or whatever the case may be. Like he just has no faith whatsoever in uh, Billy Ray. And in fact, right here, he, he gives him his, he gives him a test, you know, because. Mortimer gets oh, mad, yeah. storms out. That's right. And you see that a money clip is dropped to the floor. And, of course, he looks up confused. And you can tell he's like, is, is this a test? So what does he do? He takes it down. He gives it back. He's like, hey, you dropped this. And, of course, <laughs> Randolph said, oh, your little test didn't work out, did it? And when he threw him the money clip, <laughs> that was like a real juggle. He was supposed to just catch it. And he actually juggled it trying to catch it. <laughs> yeah. And they left it in the film. So it worked out nicely. Then we cut to some... Mortimer was so on. disappointed. Yeah, Mortimer was disappointed. But now we cut to this country club, and I was like, "What? Where the hell are we at?" I didn't. Re- <laughs> I didn't speaking of bad clothes, and you got that these jacket. Four- he comes in. <laughs> you got these guys sitting there singing. I didn't even realize this was Penelope at first. I was like, "Who the fuck are these people?" <laughs> I didn't oh my god! That. And I thought, if anything, you would love about this, Josh, is the singing part. No, 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 <laughs> terrible. I'm not. No. <laughs> Zedekai, my friend. Neath the elms we sing our tones. We're brothers to the end. Muffy in the bathroom stall, Margaret by the lake. Susan down in Whitley Hall, Constance on the make. Constance Fry, Constance Fry. Anytime you'd call, Constance would fulfill your needs. Winter, spring, or fall. (laughs) It wasn't until winter finally showed up. It, it wasn't until Winthrop actually came in that I went, oh, that's right. It's that girl. Because I was like, what the fuck are we doing here? I, I <laughs> did not recognize her and didn't know what we were doing in this country club out of nowhere. But, of course, she's those embarrassed. Those guys are that lame-ass song. And, yeah. like, all those girls are just, like, fawning. Enamored with these men singing this. And then not only that, in their song, <laughs> they're mentioning song. those girls by name. Yeah. yeah. Saying, like such and such is doing this and such and such is doing that. I forget it, exactly what it and was. And it's like dirty stuff, though. It's yeah. not yeah. clean. <laughs> well, and the thing is, like, it's not even sung really dirty. It's just kind of like... It's not sung tease. dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like how but, it's just, it's it sounds like something really kind of innocent in a way, because even the girls are kind of like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it sounds like it, but the lyrics are actually demeaning to the women, and it is. Like, it's like it is. They, they're not getting it, I guess, because I don't know. It's sung to some real classic song. I, I, I saw the title, but I can't remember what it was. But Winthrop comes in. He's still. He's telling her he's innocent. And he's like he wants all his friends at this club to testify on his behalf. But of course, now that he's been to jail, they don't want nothing to do with him. Nope. He asks for a small loan from her, and they're like, "Nope, you're done." You're done. You've been in jail. We don't want nothing to do with you. And they tell him to get out. <laughs> so, so what we do? We cut to Winthrop going to a pawn shop, and he's trying to there, sell his his watch. There he was too. I was gonna say like him getting a taste of his own medicine. 
so yeah. to speak, you know, because that's exactly mm-hmm. how he reacted in a way with Billy Ray. Yep. Oh, so yeah. it didn't feel good, did it? <laughs> well, he got that right in that damn that first meeting where they planted the money on him. That's how he felt. That's he true didn't do too. anything and they had to take him away. That's exactly what happened to Billy Ray. So, yeah. So now he's trying to get any money he can. He sells him his wife. And of course, the broker's like, this thing's got to be hot. You know, it's stolen. He ends up getting $50 for it. And then he sees a gun. He's like, how much is that gun? You don't see him buy it, but you can kind of figure. Now we cut to some fancy party. We see Billy Ray. And and this time Winthrop's looking in from the outside. So now he's one of those people on the outside that we saw in the beginning where he was always the one being pampered. I forget, too. Is he at this point in the Christmas and the Santa Claus? No, no, not, not yet. Okay, not yet. No, he's just in his normal clothes right now. And they're sitting around at this dinner table and the guy's telling this joke about how he put a big S on top of these cars. That way, when the cars took off, he could say, oh, look, S cargo. And, <laughs> and, and, and Billy, Ray's, Billy Ray's fake laughing because he has no idea what it is. Mm-hmm. S cargo. Yeah. Of course, what? But snails. Right, this car goes to the snails. Yes, I had to think about what it was. Yeah, only the French would come up with that. And then they start asking Billy Ray for his opinion on different trades. And I forgot what he tells them. He gives them some good advice. They laugh. And then you see Winthrop walking away outside because he sees them laughing at whatever Billy Ray's saying. And now he's like, made me think maybe that he probably never got those guys to laugh more than likely. Yeah. <laughs> he probably just, yeah. So now we go, we cut back. Winthrop's back at Ophelia's. He's sick. He's in the bed with a fever. And here comes a knock on the door. And it's some client looking to get with a fever. And she turns him away. You know, and he comes in. He's like, no, no, we, we need the money. You go do that. But she's like, no, we're fine. We're fine. And she strips down to her underwear and gets in bed just to keep him warm, which, of course, he kind of likes. <laughs> and she's like, oh, don't do not do that. I'm just of protecting course, like, my investment. In today's world, yeah, in today's world, like, viewing that with, you know, the pandemic going on, her getting in bed while he's sick, I'm like, Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't do it. Crazy, Chad. <laughs> oh, so we, next morning, his fever's still a little high, but it's definitely dropped way down. We learn it's Christmas Eve, and Ophelia is going shopping for some stuff. And Winthrop just is reading the paper, and Billy Ray has ma- made the paper now. And he's like, I'm going to give him a Christmas. He'll never forget. So he's like, uh-oh, what's he going to do? And right, Chris he was doing goes. just fine that morning until that paper sets him off. Well, I mean, he was upset that night before, so. Well, you know, I mean, like, you know, she calmed him down, basically. Yeah, she, well, and she was like, you know, get some rest and you'll be okay. And then he sees that paper and he's like, okay, screw that. I'm getting out of bed. <laughs> you're right, because here's your part. We cut to the dinner party. We see, we don't know who it is yet. We see this dirty Santa. Like, oh, it's a God, dirty Santa right? <laughs> Oh God! I'm like, where the fuck do you dig this out of? And then on top of that, he shows up drunk off his, you know what? But we see this drunk dirty Santa skunk. stealing all this, all this food, like big things of like ham and, and stuff everything. Stuff the salmon, the and salmon in there. <laughs> oh man! And then Which we cut the, was gross. Like later, later on, on. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we cut to Billy Ray, and now he's in the office looking at these paychecks, and he's kind of getting curious about this one for Clarence Beats getting way too much money, and then. We see now we actually see Dirty Santa is Winthrop. We see him. He's he's taking like a bunch of shots of everything, like you said, stealing the drinks, stealing more food. 
Now we cut back. It's a bunch of quick cuts in this scene. Billy Ray's suspicious about the check the beaks. He's like, I don't know this employee. He's talking to the brothers. And of course, he's telling this to the brothers and they're telling him, yeah, whatever. And then we get a scene of uh, Randolph gloating about winning the bet. We got, I'm going to accept the Nobel Prize. And Mortimer says, the bet's not over yet. Billy Ray's done good, but the other guy has to turn to crime. And that hasn't happened yet. But we're getting there. Because now we get Wint, Wint, Winthorpe. I'll just call him Louis. Yeah, Louis is, I guess. Does he say Louis or Louis? Well, she calls him Louis, but Ophelia does. Yeah. But his yeah. real name is Louis. Louis, okay. Louis. It's, you know, playful name. William, Billy. Right. <laughs> but so now we get. You can call him Louis like Ophelia. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so Louis in Billy Ray's office. And what's he doing? He's planting drugs. And Billy Ray walks in. And Louis, uh, Louis starts calling for the brother. Look, I found him. Look, he's a drug pusher. Look at all these drugs I found. So he's going to buy a shit ton of drugs. Plus this gun. I don't know where he's getting all this money from because he got $50 for that watch. I don't know how much the gun costs. But, mm-hmm. and of course, when he does this, when he puts all the drugs in, Randolph has this smirk on his face because at this point he knows he's won the He's won the <laughs> he's bet. Won the bet. He's like, he has turned to crime. This Billy Ray right now, he gets on the phone. He calls security, and this is when Louie pulls out the gun. And Billy Ray's on the phone with security, and he's just like, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but now security and the, a couple other security guards come in. Louie points the gun at him, backs out, jumps on the table. He jumps on the table in the party hall with everyone and points it at everyone and walks out with a smirk. Like He feels like he's accomplished something, but... Mm. <laughs> Obviously he hasn't, so I don't know what the hell he's happy about. Ugh, and then <laughs> Billy Ray tells the brothers, you know, a man like that belongs behind bars. And the and the brothers tell him, yeah, but he's unemployed. He has no money. And Billy Ray, and Billy Ray brings up a good point. He's like, but he has he has no money, but he's got money for all these drugs. These aren't my yep. drugs. It's like, where the hell is this? He's like, you can't be soft on people like that. I know I was one of those people, you know. <laughs> like he yeah. says that, you know. And then this is where we this is where you get Louie being super, super drunk, Chris. Like he's stumbling down the stairs, still <laughs> drinking out of the brown paper bag. And actually, he's kind of creepy in, the, in these moments here because he kind of walks like a little zombie and he's like stumbling. And then he's also making growling noises. We get the grunts in a little bit. Yeah. First, we get a scene. Bill, Bill Ray, he goes into the uh, to the bathroom. And he's wanting to smoke some weed, right? But he wants to get it up on, by the <laughs> yeah. vent. So he stands on the toilet seat. And then all of a sudden, the brothers come in. So he stays up there. And they're like, they're like looking under. Like, if I'm going to take the time to look under a stall, I'm going to look under and up. So right. I can see what's if someone is on the seat. If I'm going to take that much time. And then there's a crack in the door. <laughs> that's true, too. <laughs> Chris, you have that story. So. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, whoa dude the whoa dude <laughs> well that was different because those stalls didn't have the regular stalls they had like closet doors for stalls i like the guy didn't even lock his stall no he didn't chris just assumed it was empty he opened the door and there's guys taking a poop on the thing and he's like whoa dude it's like you should have locked the door you should have locked the door but chris i remember you telling us afterwards that you could see out when you were in there you couldn't see in but you could see out no, oh, I should have said yeah, something. If you were in the stall, yeah, because it had those blind <clears throat> things or something like that on the door. So, was yeah. like that one time I was on a flight out to California from here, and I finally had my chance to get up, and it was like five and a half hour flight. 
So I finally had my chance to get up and go use the bathroom because the light was off. Because whenever anybody uses the bathroom on a flight, yeah. the light comes on. So I get up and I mosey on to the back, open the door, and there's a guy taking a shit in there. And, and he's like, whoops, sorry. And I'm like, you didn't even lock the door? And like what made it even more uncomfortable was that this, the flight attendant was standing right there next to me. So she got an eye full of everything too. And she just kind of looked at me and started like, smiling like she, you could tell she wanted to laugh oh, but she geez. was trying to remain professional yeah and so yeah. anyway she like stepped to the side and allowed me to go back to my seat <laughs> oh man that was so uncomfortable and then like the guy like he he sat like a couple rows behind oh, me no. so like when we got off the flight like we passed each other a couple times like man this is uncomfortable <laughs> so lesson here folks lock the door when you go to the bathroom <laughs> yeah really it's it's simple <laughs> I was like, that dude was probably either like wanting somebody to find him or like he was oh. waiting for somebody to join him in the bathroom there, which I don't know how you do that on a plane bathroom. Those oh, things are right. smaller. You can't even have sex with yourself in those things. Somehow people <laughs> see people. Uh, there are some people that manage. People manage. Uh, I'm not one of them. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Once they, they cleared, they cleared, <laughs> make sure all the bathroom stalls are empty. Randolph wants Mortimer to pay up. And this is when we learned that this bet where they literally took a man, put him out on the streets, and turned his life into crime all over a dollar bet. Yeah. Like, how low do you have to be just for their own enjoyment, basically? You know, this is for yeah. their enjoyment to prove that they could do it. And I felt bad, too, by the way, for Billy there, because he really he had, he that, joint, he had that yeah. joint, but then he oh. had to put it in his mouth. Oh, to, yeah. Like, oh, my God. Like, I would have, like, also. screamed bloody murder. I just would have thrown that damn thing in the toilet. Or he was something. Like, he just stuffed it in his mouth. And went, but because he was standing on it, yeah, he couldn't yep. lift up the seat. Just oh, put. yeah. But, yeah, that and, – and this – they even tell – they're like, see, we turned a psychopath Billy Ray Valentine into an executive and turned Winthorpe into a criminal. I wonder if that's true though. In like big fancy places like that, they actually have toilet lids instead of just the toilet seats. Like I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Probably. I wouldn't you know, be like surprised. Most public bathrooms have like just the toilet seat there. They don't right. have the lid. Well, and you nah, know, that's now true. that you bring up know. a good point, because like for low wage workers, they wouldn't do that. Yeah. But you know, well, I'm surprised there's a fancy place that was, they didn't have a bathroom attendant in the bathroom. Yeah. True. You're right. Then again, that's what... <laughs> they wouldn't have been able to have that private meeting in the bathroom. That's true. With, you know, if they had someone there listening. And then, and Mortimer tells Randolph, he's like, "I don't want. I don't." They say, you know, they're going to send Billy Ray out. They don't want Lewis back after what he's turned to. And <laughs> Mortimer, I'm not even going to say it. He says he doesn't want yeah. a bad name it, running his yeah. company. And I was like, oh, he said my the N word. That's right. He said the N word in that moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which that made me. I was like, oh. But again, they're just illustrating how awful these people those two are. Characters yeah. are, yeah, and they are, and we see that very well. So then we get Billy Ray. He's leaving the building. He actually sees Lewis, and this is where he's stumbling around real bad. And he yells for him. he's like, "Hey, hey, Lewis, hey, Lewis!" And this is where he turns, just grunts at him. Yeah, he does that like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, like, it's kind of creepy. <laughs> Some yeah. of Resident Evil. Yep. <laughs> That's a zombie Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, basically. So Billy Ray goes chasing after him. He ends up pulling off the beard of the wrong Santa because he doesn't see him at first. We see Lewis get onto a bus and Billy Ray just misses him, of course. Lewis sits next to some woman. She immediately gets up. And this <laughs> yeah, is where this he pulls out too. the salmon or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Starts eating like, it. Eating like it through his beard. Animal, too. Yeah, through his beard and like 
in a very animalistic way. Yeah. He's like tearing yeah. the flesh and the meat. Ugh. Very zombie-like. I think yeah. that was probably. I bet you that was his motivation there. Well, I mean, you know, this is. John he even Landis. walked like one right there, and to catch the bus because, like, he didn't even know the bus was coming until he turned around. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It just happened to be there, and then he gets off, and a, a dog pisses on his shoe. Oh, that was pissing on his leg. Yeah, and then the rain starts. It starts to rain on him, <laughs> and then he puts the gun to his head and pulls the trigger, and it doesn't even fire. Yep, like he's ready to end it all. But then he throws the gun, and it does fire. And, and then you hear fires on <laughs> Oh, so Lewis finally gets back to Ophelia's and she's decorating the tree. Chad, we talked about this. Who decorates the tree on Christmas Eve? We learned it's Christmas Eve. Yeah, who does that? You might as well not even do it at that point. Well, and then she was doing your favorite thing, Chad, on the tree. She was putting those little uh, icicle things. Oh, yeah, the tinsel. The tinsel stuff. God, those are awful. I hate those fucking things. (laughs) They get everywhere. I don't like them either. They're just a big mess, and they're bad for the environment. On top of that, okay. of course, I know they're the big 80s mess. Nobody gave a shit, but uh, you're right about that. So, but if you still use tinsel, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Make it a New Year's resolution this year to not use tinsel this year on your tree. Okay, Crazy. there you go. So Lewis is just like yes, very an sad. environmental well, anyway. Chad. <laughs> Captain America. Hey, this Captain my, America. my Captain Planet. My biweekly PSA. <laughs> So, so Lewis stumbles off into the bedroom. We don't know what he's doing yet. Billy Ray arrives. I guess he was able to catch up to him. I don't know how else he would know to come to her house. Yeah. Right? But, but he missed it. So I don't really know how he finds his way there. Seems like a strange. I didn't. Did you guys see anything? I can't remember anything where he actually. I can't. I just kind of remember he just shows up at the apartment. Yeah, exactly. So I, I again, I just assume maybe maybe there was a moment where he caught Winthrop going into the bus. And then maybe he just followed the bus from there somehow. Maybe Coolman drive him or something. Follow that bus. Well, no, no, he definitely not be, doing that. he wouldn't yeah, be Coleman because Coleman uh, wasn't around. Maybe, took a, cab so maybe or something. a cab. Yeah. yeah. Follow that bus. I want to do like, that once in my life. Just like being a big city like New York <laughs> and getting a cab. Like follow that car. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So Ophelia's like when he asked for Lewis, Ophelia goes in there to find her to tell him that that guy's here. That guy that you say frames you here. But of course. He's passed out in the tub. He's trying a different method of trying to do some suicide. He took a whole bunch of pills here, and he does end up the surviving. Red pills, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're red pills, which is kind of funny. Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> he took the red pill. He chose a lot the of pill. red pills. Yeah, it wasn't just one. He was That's like, true. I'm really going to wake up on this. <laughs> yeah. So then we see Lewis. He's waking up in a hospital bed. Of course, or, no, not in a hospital bed. He's in no, the he, bedroom. In a, he's in, in his, his old bed. bed. His old bed. His old bed. You're right. And he's he, like, oh, Coleman. It was, it was just, just a dream. dream. <laughs> it was but very, then he sees like, Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz moment. Because <laughs> yeah. I think then he's in there and goes like, and you, you were there. there. You yeah. were there. <laughs> but then he sees Billy Ray and he's mad. He jumps out of bed and says, it was you. This is your fault. He starts choking him. And Billy oh, Ray said, there's like, being that choked saying it's and billy ray tells about the whole thing and tells him it was all over a dollar bet and coleman confirms the story yeah now, here's the part too where okay i was like with coleman okay i was like so they got him on the plan to frame <laughs> uh louis about the whole thing and he actually went through it but now he has a change of heart and is like, oh, I'm going to help out well, Louis. I mean, I think, you know, once 
I mean, I know he wasn't a the, fan of the the Dukes by any means. No, no. But, but, I mean, he was he was an employee, and but you never saw him go like, or did he? Do you guys remember a part where he could have he told Louis like, "I'm so sorry, sir." I don't know if he said I'm sorry, but you could tell he was very apprehensive about going through with the plan at the beginning anyway. So you could tell he didn't really like it. But, you know, once the plan sort of unraveled, once, you know, Eddie Murphy's character, Mm -hmm. you know, figured everything out and, you know, Louis, you know, figured, uh, you know, what's the point in even going along with it? You know, I guess but it just seems really weird to be like, oh, I serve you the whole life and then I turn on you and now I'm back well, with you you know i think well, honestly you, you don't you don't know how long he's been serving louis though yeah because this well, is the house they give to their louis top executives so yeah. it seems yeah. like they switch him out pretty often but so also you, you can tell he doesn't care about louis like yeah. he seems annoyed every time like when they're when he's doing the dinner and then they uh, they tell him to go have dessert and he's just scraping in the tray he just well, doesn't yeah, care you kind of also get the feeling that louis just kind of treats him exactly like a servant you know this sort yeah. of you know lower class like pish posh well out of my sight maybe now. but then from this point forward they kind of become buddy buddies well yeah because you know? i mean you know i think that's the Billy Ray effect take down the, yeah he wants to help so? take down the the awful duke awful dude Brothers. but also it's because billy ray treated him like a person and so he's really exactly. that's going true, along with it with billy, billy ray, ray definitely didn't have coleman doing everything like yeah yeah, so I think that's more of a Billy Ray thing that he wants to help him. Yeah, out. that's a good point. So we get a scene of Louis; he's loading a shotgun, and Billy Ray says, "No, man, that's not the answer. The way you make a <laughs> get back at a rich person is make them poor. That's exactly what they hit like. them in the wall. Mm-hmm. That's yep. exactly what you do because you know what? Well, a lot of those rich fuckers <laughs> they would rather kill themselves than have to live like the rest. Well, of I us. mean, if you think about so, it, the Dukes. That was the whole movie. That was the mm-hmm. whole thing they loved right there. Their money yep. was their, their money and yeah. how much they were getting every day. So you take that away from them. You take everything away from it's their them. weakness. Yep. Yep. It yeah. is. And they're sitting there watching TV and they actually show Clarence Beaks on TV and Ophelia tells them. She's like, hey, Louie, that's the guy. That's the guy oh, yeah. that paid me to play that, to talk dirty to you in front of your girl. So they realize that he's been paid to find out some kind of secret information about this frozen OJ before it comes out. He's got some file they need. They're going to corner the OJ market. Well, it's all about the crops. They're they're waiting. What they're they're waiting on this big announcement about whether or not the farmers are going to have a good season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if they have a bad season and they buy it all up early, they'll make a ton of money. If -hmm. they have a good season, that's what's going to lower the price. Yeah. So. I, I make sure I don't know if you got or understand this or not. So I'm, I'm telling you how I got it. Well, we'll talk about it when we get. No, to no, it. that the more you can, because again, when yeah, we get I'll to that part, I'll leave this for you to. Yeah, because <laughs> when it got to that part, like what you just explained makes sense too. I was like, okay, I get that part, but then like the actual process when they go yeah, like when through it, for the numbers, yeah, and everything, that and then finally like, yeah, sell, sell, you know, that's where I sit there and I go, that flies over my head. So now we get Clarence Beaks. He's getting on this train because, like I said, he, he's gone and got this file. So he's trying to get this file to the Duke brothers. I think they're going to get it like two days ahead of the time of when this, this is going to actually be. And this is the point where, too, where it's New Year's, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, there's some. In fact, there's a big party on this train because it's New Year's. Yep. <laughs> and you know what it kind of reminded me of to a degree? A uh, terror train. I knew you were going to say Gray. terror train. You knew. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> 
Well, you know, yeah. she was on that big party train as well in that movie. Well, there you go. And and who was in the gorilla suit? Anybody? Oh, yes. Uh, Blues Brother. Yep. Jim Belushi. Belushi. Thank you. Who was in our Jingle All the Way episode as a Santa. So now he's That's a right. <laughs> we're connecting all these movies, people. We just we're connecting everything. <laughs> and then connected. and then you got then you got these two guys pulling up and they have they're carrying an actual gorilla. So we've seen the guy in the suit. Now we got an actual gorilla. Chris, and how random is guys? this? <laughs> how <laughs> random is this stuff right here that comes up? An did actual you, gorilla. Did you recognize one of the guys on the cart? Yeah. Uh uh, oh my god he was he's a politician too i think so he is now yeah i'm trying to think uh oh al franken thank you al franken uh, yep. yeah, very young al franken yes <laughs> and they're arguing because he's like it's my turn to drive no it's my turn i'm like oh my goodness meanwhile while they're having this argument you get a cut of beaks inside the train car looking at this actual grill and he's mocking the grill like that's mm-hmm. yeah i don't know as a grown man i don't see how he got enjoyment out of that like i don't know as, as a kid <laughs> yeah. i'd understand it but, he's but then at man. that point <laughs> it pretty much foreshadows like okay something's going to happen with the gorilla that, that and that that you're right that's what it's really doing is that it's showing that these two are going to meet up someday somewhere down the line here but <laughs> yeah. it's just a weird thing to think like, why the hell amazing it's like psychic powers what am i thinking <laughs> you're thinking it's like you have espn or something <laughs> exactly chris well i can also predict the weather you know how i touch my boobies your boobs know when it's raining <laughs> yep oh goodness uh mean girls references i but love it it doesn't predict it actually it has to rain that's yeah. i've heard of it <laughs> to actually know like what the percentage of rainfall <laughs> is <laughs> Yeah, so Billy Ray Billy Ray ends up going into the train car with Beast, but he's dressed in like all this African garb, and he says, "Merry New Year, Merry New Year, Happy New Year." In this country, we say Happy New Year. Yeah, Beast, he's like over here. It's Happy New Year. In this culture, we say Happy New Year. And he Which, says, "Oh God, what <laughs> oh, whole mess. the whole you know like." In this country, we say yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like, hey, yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, it was the 80s, but he explains he was... Uh... <laughs> there you go. That's a good one. <laughs> He's an exchange student from Cameroon. And he ha- he Which has is like... where... Um, isn't that where that... What was that one drag queen? Bazaar Benet? Wow. Or Zahara? Oh, uh, oh, you're talking... Uh, B.B. Zahara. B.B. Zahara. Yeah. He's talking, uh, she's from Cameroon. That's a drag race reference. <laughs> Oh, which yeah, is what I, I thought of when yeah. they said he was from Cameroon. Cameroon. That's where that drag queen's from. <laughs> oh, love it, Chad. Love it. <laughs> so he starts doing this chanting and singing in his native tongue. And then he's like, beef jerky time. <laughs> he's like, you want some beef jerky? I'd have been like, hell yeah, I love beef jerky. <laughs> I think that would have been Chris's worst nightmare. Chris hates that I jerky yeah, dried meat like shit. It. Chris oh. gets like nauseated if he has to smell it. Chris like, oh. <laughs> Like Chris used to hate it when I would eat Slim Jims in the car. Oh my goodness! Yeah. No, it wasn't that bad. I just didn't. I mean, I didn't like the smell of it, but it wasn't like it was permeating everywhere. But if it was close to me, I was kind of like, ah, yeah, yeah. And then Chris we get a quick like meat sticks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris likes meat sticks. <laughs> oh, just not the jerky kind. The dried out jerky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now hey, we enough enough rap talk. All right, go ahead. 
You know, we get we get them guys. They're giving Al Franken, I don't know his name, and his partner directions about how to take care of this gorilla and make sure you're not drinking and all this. And then we cut back, and Coleman comes dressed in as like an Amish pastor or something. What do you think he is? Pastor, oh, like a pre- like Irish, priest, Irish priest, Catholic uh, priest. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he, he pulls out a flask and asks if they want to drink. I was like, oh, that's nice. And then Ophelia comes in and she's dressed as Inga from Sweden. Some Sweden. Uh, some Sweden. <laughs> and she was well, uh, uh, But then like one of the priests or who yeah, wasn't like Coleman that was trying to point out that she was dressed in Dutch. Or something like Aust- that. Austrian, like Austrian. Yeah, Austrian, she's, yeah. she's wearing lederhosen, but and the reason that she was supposed to do that, but she couldn't get down the Austrian accent, so she had oh, to go with Sweden. Oh, that's right, <laughs> that's right. And then she's like, and Inga from wait, Sweden. Was yeah. Schwarzenegger not really a thing at this point? <laughs> <laughs> that's not a tumor. <laughs> I mean, he definitely wasn't as big yet. He had done the Mr. Olympia stuff yet, but he wasn't right. a movie star yet. You gotta yeah, think this is a so. year before yeah. Terminator came out. So true. Yeah. Oh, wait, didn't Conan maybe come out around the 84? Yes, that, that's another movie we need to watch. I've never seen Conan. I never have never seen it from beginning to end, but I do remember seeing some parts of it. But anyway, yeah. So she couldn't yeah. do the Australian yep, there we go. Austrian accent. We're going Australian. off track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so if he comes, she starts distracting beats, asking her to help put her nap sack up on the you know the loading thing but like this too she like bends right over with her chest right in his face and she's like will you help me (laughs) and this is well i suppose not (laughs) and that's why billy ray can switch the briefcase he's switching the empty briefcase so that he can get the one with the important documents in it then we cut back to the gorilla and the workers, and they're they're eating bananas, but the gorilla is taking all the bananas, and they're giving him the, the gorilla, whole. And he reaches out for the bananas. And too. He reaches out and takes the or whole she, thing. Sorry, of I guess it's a she. Yeah, she. And they're like, "Well, shit, we're still hungry." And instead of one of them going to get food, they both yep. fucking leave this gorilla unattended. I was like, "You idiots!" Well, they were kind of portrayed to be that way. So, well, you're right. No you're surprise right. there, right? You're right. So, of course, they pass Billy Ray while they're walking. Billy Ray's going into a different train car with Louie. And now we see, we cut back to that little party going on, and we see that the workers are there. And then, we God, this was bad. This is where we go back to the train car. With, <laughs> Your with favorite Beeps. part, Josh. <laughs> I just, I I literally could not. Like, I think my jaw dropped. I just couldn't believe they Minded too. I yeah, was I'm like, like oh. oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Because... Dan Aykroyd comes in. Louis comes in. He's got. He's dressed like a Rastafarian, like Jamaican type mm-hmm. guy, yeah, and he man. he's doing yeah. the full blackface. And I just, I, I, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, my jaw dropped. And the thing is, like, this was bad too because, like, it wasn't like he did a good job with trying to cover everything either. If you know, like, he even had, like, it was, it was awful. Yeah, it was something it was, you can notice, like, even the neckline and, like, and his yeah. hands. His were hands were, yeah. I was noticed yeah, that too. I mean. <laughs> I, you had to imagine like if it was Beak sitting there going like, "Are you kidding me?" Because this is this is bad. <laughs> like I don't believe. Yeah. <laughs> but he does though. He does it. I know that's, it. The, that's the bad part. <laughs> and of course, he's pretending he knows this Billy Ray guy, and they're they're chanting together. And he pulls out a blunt and lighting it up right on the train car. And I'm like, it's the '80s. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't, cigarettes it, would be one thing. I don't know about a blunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah 
And so Ophelia once again asks Beaks to help her again. This way that this her is where... Swedish meatballs. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes, <you're right. laughs> apparently she keeps that in her knapsack. <laughs> her rucksack. <laughs> and of course, uh, Louis trying to get the briefcase and put it in a bag, but Beaks happens to turn around and look at him when he does that. Yeah, he's not quite as smooth as mm-hmm. Billy was switching the briefcases. Which I think that goes to show Billy's been doing that kind of thing his whole life. Exactly. And this guy yeah. is new to this thing. He's never done mm-hmm. this. This is the life he's led. So he doesn't really, yeah. But anyway, Beeks ends up pulling out a gun on him. Those workers stumble in. They're the ones that left the gorilla unintended. <laughs> and he's like, I'll rip your eyes out and piss on your brain. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what a lie. <laughs> Sounds like something out of a Rob Zombie film. Well, and, you know, and as bad as it sounds, yeah. it sounds like something his principal character in Breakfast Club would say as <laughs> yeah. well. Uh, so Beast ends up taking Ophelia so that he can get out. He's got the briefcase. He's ta- he's got Ophelia so they don't. Ch- and he's going through the train party. He sees Jim Belushi dressed as a gorilla, and then he ends up backing up into the room with the actual gorilla. <laughs> and then, and then behind him. The man, you know, Jim Belushi dressed as a gorilla comes in. The real gorilla starts getting excited. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. And that's bad, too, because that point when they walk into that cart with the gorilla, and I was like, of course, Beeks is going to position himself in front of the right cage. in front of the cage, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he ends up knocking out this fake guy dressed as a gorilla, and that makes the real gorilla mad, not him. Yep. <laughs> Bashes, like, it took a, yeah. She took her fist and, and just hit him on the top right. of yeah, boom. Yeah, yeah, just like a hammer down right on his yeah. head. You're right. <laughs> and of course, they uh, Louis and Billy Ray come in. They see this. They end up taping him mouth shut and put him in the gorilla costume and put him in the cage with the gorilla, which is kind of crazy because you've got him all taped up. Like he's mm-hmm. never getting out of this. Like he can't talk because <laughs> yeah. you can't get him well, fed. Yep. And especially when you got those workers there and they're obviously too dumb to think. This is a person in a costume, even though obviously it looks like a person in a costume. costume. And we see a quick shot of Belushi going back to the party in his underwear. He's like, yeah. So because, you know, obviously they used the gorilla yeah. suit on beaks. I guess they were the same size. It worked one one size fits all right. And you know what? They <laughs> These people would be in trouble in real life for sticking someone in a cage with a gorilla mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and what's funny about is, dangerous and opening the cage with a gorilla in it yeah. you know, talk about Oof. dangerous they could have you know they could have had it worse <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and those guys are back and of course just like beaks was mocking the gorilla in his train car they're now mocking him and he's making some of those same noises he was except mm-hmm. this time it's because his mouth is taped shut and he's actually trying to talk He's trying to get the costume off. I mean, like you say, if you look, you can tell that is a person in a costume, not a gorilla. Yeah. Why the hell are you? And you're supposed to be the one taking care of this. You should be able to tell the difference if anyone can. Oh, but of course, course while he's doing this, the real gorilla is getting excited and keeps grabbing beaks from behind. Like, <laughs> and where do they think another gorilla all of a sudden came from? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. That's like they were taking. That's what I said to the child. I was like. And like a human you just had gorilla. There was on only top one gorilla in there. Now you're thinking that there was supposed to be two. <laughs> but of course, yeah, the gorilla grabs this, grabs him from behind, and you get a close-up of the eyes, which yeah. is why I wasn't sure if this was supposed to be a male or a female, because that kind of shot made it look like and the, yeah, I know what you mean. I thought they said she, like in the beginning, mm-hmm. when they the gorilla have. was first introduced, but 
maybe I'm wrong. Maybe because again, it's like I saw the movie last week, so I haven't. So I may have forgot exactly, but I thought it was a she. So maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe right. I don't know. I'm not sure. I can't remember that. But then we go to cut to this parking garage. The Duke brothers are showing up. They're trying to make this exchange with Beaks in this scene. You see someone dressed in like, (laughs) you know what it kind of reminds me of? I know this sounds bad, but this part where someone in a trench coat like Beaks, it kind of reminded me of, I said Dick Tracy. Yeah, I think it was Dick Tracy, the movie, like where the villain in that one as well. Like, you don't know who that is, but they're basically in a shadow the whole time you see them in the coat and they have like uh <laughs> that kind of disguised voice the whole time and that's what it sort of reminded mm-hmm. me of it reminded me of because then it turns out it was madonna who was dressed up as the villain in that movie oh yeah, yeah. so way yeah. to spoil then, dick tracy for everyone yeah. for us. <laughs> <laughs> well it's hey, been 30 it's years. been 30 years if you haven't seen at this point well then shame on you <laughs> like it was breathless mahoney the whole time <laughs> the whole time but yeah, so we see them pass the envelope to the brothers, and then we see the light. It lights up and shows us that it's actually Billy Ray, which I think we all knew it was already Billy Ray, but they felt the need to show us anyway. And then we cut to all of them, Coleman and Louie and Ophelia and Billy Ray. And he makes his move. He kisses Ophelia. He, misses, he kisses Ooh. Ophelia. And then music's playing. It's glorious. Right. No, not all that. Louie and Billy Ray head <laughs> off. And they're, it's like, well, well and then on top of that, they rich. did. Yeah, I was gonna say they gave them their life money, their life uh, savings, Ophelia, their life savings, yeah. Ophelia and Coleman. She tells them, "Be careful." It took me a long time mm-hmm. to save that up, which I mean, I don't blame her. That was forty thousand you know dollars. Like, to have that much money, she must have not have been a cheap hooker. I'm sure, she was <laughs> sort of middle class hooker. She didn't make it sound like she had clientele, like regular. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I say she sounded popular. Mm-hmm. So we cut to Louie and Billy Ray. They're walking down. And they walk into the Twin Towers, and Louis even says the line, in this building, it's kill or be killed, because that's how cutthroat Wall Street is. And I was reading that now, after 9-11 happened, they cut that scene out of a lot of this when it gets shown on TV, because of it being in the Twin Tower and saying kill or be killed. So I can see why. Yeah. (laughs) And Jed's kind of like, really? (laughs) I can't see. Chad decided he didn't want to be on camera anymore, so. Yeah, I have opinions about it, but I'm not going to say anything. But anyway, go ahead. (laughs) So now we cut to the Duke brothers, and they're they're sitting there saying, they're telling their guy, they got a guy that goes out there and is buying all this stuff, and he's like, buy as much OJ as you can once trading star. I don't care if the price goes up, just keep buying. We need it all. And meanwhile, they're in a fancy room watching it all from above. Yeah, they're like, in yeah, the they're like almost skybox. Like you, yep. Yeah, skybox. <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> Which is like watching those boring things. But I mean, you know, they're going to watch their, they're hoping well, they're going to watch it, their money, their numbers. Right. I was going to say, if you think so about it's entertaining it, it's their, them, uh, I suppose. it's their Madison Square Garden exactly. sports game. <laughs> That's true. Basically, is what they're watching. It's their WrestleMania. It's their WrestleMania. <laughs> Who's going to get the orange juice this year? <laughs> <laughs> it's a slobber knocker. Uh, then we cut to the bathroom. Louie and Billy Ray are just cleaning up, and then this bell rings, and like every stall empties. Like these guys were just, I guess, hanging out, and they didn't time. wash their hands. Well, oh, I yeah. don't even, I don't even know if they were going to the bathroom because as soon as the bell rang, they all came out. Like they were just sitting in there, almost hiding until it was time to actually go oh, to the true. floor they, or something. They're, they're trying to calm their maybe, but still psych themselves up a little. Oh yeah, bit. they still should wash their still, hands. Still, you're free, in a but... stall, and yeah, you're in the bathroom. A lot of 
Ugh. nasty germs are just you never know what touched around. those doors yeah. and those handles in it and there's a, a lot of people there and i'm like Ugh. yeah it's like using a bathroom at one of the dragon con conventions or something you're like mm, i don't i don't like breathing the air in here <laughs> so they go into the room they're tra- they're trading everything and they realize that this duke buyer is going to drive the price of this oj up and now the clock officially strikes 9 a.m. And that's when the trading starts. And boy, it goes crazy. People just oh, it's a madhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's actually the note I have. It's a madhouse. And just watching that, I had anxiety. I can't imagine actually being <laughs> there on the floor doing that shit. Like, yeah, and these people were crawling on each other too. Oh and, god. Yeah. And can you imagine too, like and after it's done, the mess, all that paper that's laying around, and someone has to go in there and clean it. <laughs> Yep. Yes, very sad. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway. <laughs> you're right. You're right. They they go in there and they're, they're watching the price and they're watching it go up and go up and go up on this orange juice because it's being bought up so much. That's going to the more you buy stuff, it's going to drive that price up, at least at first. OK, but then they wait and then they start selling and they sell at a high point because they know about where it's going to go. Yeah, these documents. Like 142, I think, right? They were yeah, that sounds about 142, right. and they're like, okay, buy it now. <laughs> oh, wait, so... No, that's when they start selling it. They start selling, selling it because yes, it's going right. to start dropping. Okay, so just to make sure, because this is the part where it kind of like flies over me, the process Same. part. <laughs> so are we saying like 142 is the start base for the price? Is it's that the, right? No, the start, the, the start base started... Well, I didn't see. I don't remember what it started at. But it was higher than that, much higher. Lower, right? lower. No, it was lower. Much lower. Okay. Yeah, they were waiting they, for it to reach up to 142. Yeah, they wanted it so to reach. They want the numbers to go high, keep going high, right? To a certain extent. See, yeah, the Duke brothers are hoping it's going to keep going higher and higher, based on these fake reports they've seen. So, it's kind of funny because to do this, they've also done illegal insider trading because mm-hmm. they, they're using the reports that this guy had stolen for them. So either way, some illegal trading was going on. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're right. I think dollar forty-two was the number. They wait till it gets up there and then they start selling all their stock. And after mm-hmm. they do, the number starts to come down and then we get this secretary of agriculture to come on TV because the whole thing is they want to see what the crop estimate, the orange crop specific yeah. estimates are. Because they've had a cold winter and they're thinking that it's going to be bad and that's why they want to drive the price up and corner the market. But no, it didn't affect it. They're going to have a good one. And when they says that, the prices plummet to like, I think like 40 cent, 30 cent. Something like that, yeah. Like it, it, and they're going to stay low. And now everyone, of course, is trying to sell. And of course, <laughs> of course the, one of the Duke brother faints. Or not or not, the, not the brother. The Duke, the guy they had sold the Duke. Sent out yeah, there to yeah. buy the stocks and shit. He faints out in the middle of this crowd because he's like, <laughs> oh, shit, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. Pu- they pull him out. And the dude runs, no, get in there. You got to sell this. You got to sell it. And Billy Ray and them say they're rich now. And oh, wait. Like, what's the part they, like, what's the, is it after the news report where Dan or Louis yells out something to get the crowd to give them the paperwork? I mean, yeah, he starts yelling, and that's when they start coming to him. With I don't know how all that works exactly. They're, what I did he yell out? Do you know what he he yelled out? Because I, I never could remember. figure it out. I don't remember. What oh, he I should have had subtitles on when that moment was going on. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's just something about selling, though. I don't think it's. So I'm curious, like for them, what did they have in order for all those people to suddenly give them the money? Everybody has their own. <laughs> 
uh, slips, like trading slips, basically. Yeah. And I, I don't know how the actual exchanges go, but it's just you, these slips are what you you. I guess you get slips for what you plan on buying stocks in before you go in there. I guess you already got all your stuff ready to go. So I'm wondering for them, were they, because they had the information report, mm-hmm. they were starting, they were waiting until it got low for them to. No, they wanted like, it to get to a certain height because they knew at a certain height it was going to top out before it dropped. And you want to sell. If you know that, that number, which you're not supposed to yeah, do, that's insider wanna, trading. Yeah, you want to sell at the highest number, price possible. Yeah. yeah, It's buy low, sell high. Yeah. So they bought some up, and then when it got to that $1.42, they're like, it's time to sell. They knew that they might have a couple extra cents to go, but they knew it wasn't going much higher. So yeah. they sold everything they could at that point. And then the – because if it drops back down, you've made – you've more than likely you've Profited. lost Profited. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. That's all like, it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's I don't a lot to take in. And that's part of the reason why, you know, like I get people bits and pieces over here, but I'm sitting there like, man, there's more questions. Wall Street stock exchange bullshit. Yeah. Well, hell, Eddie Murphy didn't know it either. He just read the lines and went with it. He said he didn't know what was going on either at the time. So, yeah, I don't blame him. It sounds confusing. That should be something I should read up on. I should, I should buy it. Right. <laughs> we really should. You know, Wall Street investing for dummies or something. <laughs> Well, Willie, Willie, Louie and Billy Ray are now. now rich. <laughs> you combine Winthrop combine. and Billy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Team Willie. <laughs> exactly. And, and Mortimer, Mortimer has the nerve to ask them how 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 they could do that to them. How could you do this to us after what uh-huh. they did? And all of it, and I'm like, well, turns out we made a bet that we could get rich and make you guys poor. And they and Billy Ray's like, and I won the bet. And Louis hands them over a dollar. They did it over a dollar bet. And it turned out that the the Duke brothers were like what three hundred and some million oh, yeah. dollars in debt, and all their assets were being frozen right then and there. I said, yeah, because they are being sold and all that stuff too. <laughs> yeah, they, brokers want three hundred and ninety four million in cash by the end of the day. Yeah, he's like, you know, we don't have that kind of money in cash. Yeah, and then Randolph's having. A- Randolph's having a heart attack, and Mortimer, he's like, he's like I don't care, fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Mortimer, your brother's not well. We better call an ambulance. Fuck him. <laughs> and Don Abeche was playing a a good Christian man. So he, or not playing a good Christian man, was a Christian man at this time gotcha. in his life. Mm-hmm. And he said, you better get it right on the one time. I'm only saying this word once. So that's the Damn. take they used. Which is well, funny. he did a good job because he it did, was he very did a good job. convincing. But when I read that, I was like, okay, he had a huge problem saying fuck him. But he didn't see, I didn't read anything oh, yeah. about him having a problem saying the other stuff he said. In yeah. Good point. Good which, point. Yeah. Which goes to show what religion brings. That's why... We Thank you, Josh. Thank road, you for bro. saying it. Preach it to the choir. Say it again <laughs> to the people in the back. I'm like, he has a problem saying the word fuck, but he doesn't have a problem slandering people because of the color of their skin. Like Exactly. Yeah. And that's the real person, not the character. So and Yeah, exactly. That's uh, Josh, like, <laughs> Josh is just saying, y'all. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Take it for what you will. Hashtag just saying. But yeah, so they've won their, they've lost their money. They're poor now. They show up as the homeless guys and come into America. <laughs> They're the ones on oh, the street. Yeah. Which hell, after that, Prince Akeem shouldn't have given them money either. He after all that, money, yeah, they can give them all that money. We're back. Yeah. Yeah. And they probably went back to exactly how they were. 
Yeah, what was it he said when she asked him what she, you know, he's like, I just gave him some pocket change. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pocket change. Yeah. And then we get, we cut back to the gorilla and beaks are being taken back to Africa. (laughs) I'm like, oh my goodness, like these people do not know this is not a real gorilla. And and am I, I wrote down the note, I was like, well, I guess he'll never be able to eat again because if they're not going to check him, he's got duct taped over his mouth. He's all dehydrated by then. And yeah. I mean, you only live but days without water. Mm. You can live weeks without food, but well, even overnight, water. even overnight, it's kind of like, yeah, he'd be dead. He'd be, yeah, something would be wrong with that gorilla, <laughs> you would think. Well, let's check his temperature. Turn him For over. Real. Let's check it in the box. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's a there's a zipper on this thing. <laughs> what the hell? Let's go. Oh, shit. Yeah. Then we get the last scene. It's Billy Ray and Coleman. They're they're rich. They're living on the beach. They have their own servant. Coleman finally gets his own servant after being a servant all these years. And, and then he has we... a girlfriend now too, or at least a girlfriend from oh, the yeah, islands. Coleman. Yeah, he's uh, got yeah. A, a lady friend. Yeah, same thing with Billy Ray. Yeah. Billy Ray suddenly has a girlfriend now. That yeah, makes sense. And then we see Lu- Louie and Ophelia out on a boat in the water, and they're having some nice drinks. And oh, that's it did how look it nice. is. It, it did, did look really nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was sitting there going, you know, I kind of want to go to the Bahamas now. Or something. <laughs> I want to go where the waters are blue like that. Oh, that'd be gorgeous. It would. I Damn. agree with that. I agree with that. Damn it. <laughs> Do it like on a Christmas or some holiday and be like, get away for the holidays in the Bahamas. All right. So, I don't know, depending how cold it would be. I have to work on my tan first, though. I have to go. <laughs> no, you don't. Tanning you can get it there. That's why you yeah, get it. Get it there, no, because yeah. no, what you do is you, you work on getting your tan here, so you don't get sunburnt like you did, like Naomi did in Mama's family, and like, well, have your whole I mean, trip ruined. To be fair, ruined. To be before, yeah, Josh got a point here. To be fair, before I went to Cancun all those years ago, I went and bought a month's worth of the tanning bed and went. For, That's went, true. Went eight. That's times. why you had that glow to you. I remember that because I remember Josh having those appointments he would go to. I had appointments to get ready so that I could handle that Mexican sun, they told me. <laughs> yeah, just, I probably had to do that too differently because my skin is sensitive to it. So, And I'm not. I'm not sensitive, you know. You know me. No, I'm you're always, lucky. You've always been able to tan since you were a kid. And they still told me I needed to probably do something like that. So, yeah, Damn. that's why I did it. That's but why now, I like so he's got there, the good hair to... gene and he's got the good skin gene for tanning easily. I hate you, Josh. <laughs> I hate you and your whole fucking family. <laughs> well, I'm still fat, so there's that. <laughs> I don't have it portly. all, Chad. You mean portly. You're portly. Oh, you mean, no, you mean thick with a double C. <laughs> well, Josh Chad, thick. we all know you're the hot guy on the internet. Oh, that's true. That's true. Chris, did yes. you see that? Chris, did you see that exchange? <laughs> I did not. What happened with that? I was lost at first because all I saw on my notifications was like, Chad, quit being so hot. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> I did not see this. I have to go in there and look for it now. I was, yeah. it was some lady, right? She was talking no, about. No, this is a guy. Oh, it was a guy. It was this some person. Guy. Uh, some, I'm sorry, some person. Was no, talking it's a, it's about a guy. This is Caleb from the Paranormal <laughs> Burrito Podcast. Let's give him credit. Nice. Okay. Nice. Um, so say hi to Caleb. Hi, Caleb. <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> hi, Caleb. <laughs> uh, no, but there, he, he, um, he had posted something about um, what, like dating profiles or something. And He's talking about how hot guys post. Uh, it doesn't matter how you look, and then they post yes. a shirtless photo, a shirtless 10, photo. likes, <laughs> and, and then he like, mentioned the name Chad in there. 
He's like, <laughs> what did he's like? I'm he sorry, say? Chad, but looks are the only thing that gets you likes on this fucking app. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then Josh our, responded to it. I and read he that. Tagged me in there. <laughs> like, yeah, Chad. <laughs> and then, then uh, Caleb responded. And he was like, he's like, quit being so hot, Chad. In all caps. In all, <laughs> caps. all caps. Damn it, Chad. You took away the title, man. Oh, um, yes. That was funny. I was so lost, though. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Well, it's just kind of like, you know, you just got famous now. So <laughs> now you're going to explode all over the internet. Uh, that's how it happens. Those are the rules. I don't Hashtag make the Chad's rule, Chad. hot. <laughs> Hashtag Chad is hot. There we go. All <laughs> right. Back to wrap up this episode. We're going to go to now we're going to go to our listeners to see what they thought about trading places. Mail, mail, so the, the Watch or Not podcast says, I always thought it was funny how the homeless guys in Coming to America that Eddie gives his money to are the Dukes from this movie. Yep, that was that was the main thing I knew before I watched this movie. Is like I remember that the old guys were the homeless guys in Coming to America. It took me years <laughs> to figure that out on, Like when I was a kid because Coming to America was the first movie I saw mm-hmm. between the two. Yeah. And then I didn't realize until after seeing Trading Places for a while that I was like, oh, it's the same guy. Honestly, I didn't think about it until. Um, I mean, it was later. We did a podcast and Josh had mentioned it at one of the podcast things we were talking about. I don't remember which episode hmm. it was or if it was on, oh, the, wow. on the cinematic blind spot. <laughs> I don't remember. It was some podcast you had mentioned. You're like talking about how. Um, you know how the the two right. movies were you know sort of linked together and mm. i didn't think about it until i actually started watching this movie you know last mm. week and i saw the two guys and i was like oh yeah. that's what and suddenly i had that flashback yeah so it made the, the connection <laughs> on the big uptake. epiphany it was it was like something. it's the same guy the light bulb finally went off yeah that's usually what works with me might i have a delay yeah. with the okay. light bulb his Je- inner jessica fletcher came out and figured out the mystery there. Jessica Fletcher. Yeah, I was like, I oh, yeah, Jessica Fletcher. Uh-huh, See, there you go. Right there. There. Yeah. Who was that? That's fine. Murder, like she wrote. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I never Kevin know that Kev. character. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the Invasion... a great series, by the way. Okay, take your word. Okay. I'm not going back and watching Murder, <laughs> she wrote. I'm just, I'm just not. I just don't have time for that. Yes, very sad. <laughs> well, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> The Invasion of the Remake podcast says such a fun movie and still relevant in a lot of ways, although some parts are a bit problematic in today's climate. Well, you know, here's the thing, like some parts, it it is problematic. But then on the other hand, I sit there and I go that had to somehow also be the intent, because I do think it's to show the issues that have been ongoing for a long time and continues to still go to today so we have to recognize it as problematic in order to be like oh yeah this is a wrong thing that is going on mm-hmm. oh i agree but as i was talking about the guy i work with he still does not see this movie as problematic he's like oh it was no because you know what is that is that guy older is older old? white male yeah, see, I mean, it's a generational thing where there's like, well, what? It's, I, it, you it's, know, it was meant to be funny. I don't see anything wrong with it. That's the thing <laughs> is like, you're going to have some of those people who, unfortunately, when sometimes they see a movie 
and don't get me wrong some movies are just movies meant to be a movie yeah. <laughs> and they're meant to be dumb fun or you know not to be anything serious but in a lot of movies you you do recognize that no there there's that's not that's not cool when someone says yeah. this word or do this thing to this person because of abc and so on you know yeah i mean um, I, I, well definitely would think looking that, at the movie through a modern lens i mean yeah you see a lot of problems with it but i mean i don't like a, like but i think in this case it's kind of a, it's, it's a weird thing because i don't I think it was also used to illustrate certain mm-hmm. points that yes. you have to sort of dig into the text, mm-hmm. the subtext a little bit, you know, and you have to be able to extrapolate. And that you, stuff you can see that because, that, I mean, there you look at, <clears throat> excuse me, when you look at Mortimer and, uh, and Randolph, Randolph, I mean, like, and you see where they're at compared to like the everyday workers that mm-hmm. were going on. And that and the everyday workers were such a, a diverse group of people, you know, the everyday people were hustling and bustling and stuff like that. And most of the people on their level, and even those guys in that club that they were in, I mean, there was obvious differences, you know, as mm-hmm. far as who was there and what class and so forth. It sometimes you have to see the and hear those problematic things in order to be understood that this happens every day. <laughs> this is in our real world. And yeah. if we don't see it, we don't hear it, then how are we supposed to hopefully learn? No. Yeah. But I mean, there are some inherent problems too. I mean, you know, with like Dan Aykroyd. That was pretty crazy. Going I, blackface. I mean, I was like, oh. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, still try to, I still try to figure out like what was the intent necessarily yeah. behind that too, because I have to imagine there was some reason for it. I just can't really figure it out. I don't, I just kind of feel like uh, if it was a big issue, then oh my god, then Billy Ray. Thank God, I was losing the character's name. Then Billy Ray, I would have thought would have been like had said something or paused him for a moment, and be like, "Dude, why are you dress like this?" <laughs> you um, know. I mean, you would think so, but I think at least in the context of the story, yeah, Beeks had seen Louis, mm-hmm. so he had to do something extra in to his disguise. disguise. All right. And which he could have used a mask of some right. sort, you know, that, or considering the party that was going on. So that's true. But that uh, true. yeah, I try to figure that out too. I try to figure out like what was, you know, why why that costume? Yeah, yeah, and you know, that's sort of what makes this movie a little, you know, I think that's probably the shaky one big shaky. Really yeah, the one big problematic <laughs> thing for me. Like, if you really want to, because it's something I can't even really answer. But when right. I look at the dialogue that Randolph and Mortimer were using, I was like, mm-hmm. well, I like, obviously I hate, I don't like that what they did or what they were saying rather, yeah. but it illustrates the point of these characters and where they're from and what their mindset is. And yeah, it's obviously to be a teach kind of a teaching moment be mm-hmm. like, yo, this is not cool. All right. We'll continue Sorry, on way into it. <laughs> we'll, we'll continue on. My buddy Jeff That's from the Jeff sad. Needs Help slash Jeff Needs Sports Podcast says he, he's Jeff, you're giving away your age. This is the oldest guy in podcasting, in case you're not sure. This is my buddy Jeff. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. <laughs> he says hot Chad. Yeah, there you go. 
He grew up during the Murphy era and he was an absolute comet. He absolutely dominated that movie and he was only in his 20s. And we brought mm-hmm. that up the fact that he was only 23 yeah. when he made this movie. Yeah. Well, he was, I think, the youngest SNL cast member too yep. at one point. That makes sense. If I'm right. That's you're probably right. I'm not sure, but you probably are. Shoot the flick responded to Jeff saying, It's funny, but I feel like this movie has taken a backseat to Beverly Hills Cop and coming to America. I, I can agree. I can with that. see that. Yeah. Those are the movies so, I think of first. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And but it's also it, well, because I mean, it's totally I understandable. Yeah. I was going to say, like, it's understandable because he went on to do really good movies after that. Mm-hmm. And each one just kind of keeps topping the other in a lot of ways. So, I mean, it was, he was just yeah, on a roll back had, then. Yeah. He was definitely, you know, on fire with, you know, turning out those cinematic yeah. hits, you know, in the 80s and 90s. Like I said, like I know Coming to America was at least one of those first, mm-hmm. I think, Murphy movies for me. Yeah, I, definitely was actually, for me. I remember mom and dad loving that movie. Yeah. When that at least was new or close to new at the time. So I remember seeing it a lot. All right. Yeah, I think Coming to America is such a weird thing to bring up. But I feel like that's the first time I ever saw nudity in a movie. <laughs> uh, the very beginning of the movie too yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the royal penis is clean yes, your clean. highness <laughs> all right the nerdy oh, photographer yeah very good the nerdy photographer says a funny and poignant twist on the old pygmalion story some problematic parts oh. for sure highly quotable and uses the gif of dan Aykroyd choking eddie murphy he's not wrong you. and then talking smack podcast Quoted it and tagged some of their friends. Let's see if they responded. The real 7CJ respond, responded with classic. And then he, he put a gif of the barber from coming to America saying, he ain't lying. This thing's funny. He used the and gif I just from, said that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Coming to America. So that was kind of funny that he used that gif. All right, so that, that's their thoughts. Now it's time to get our thoughts. And let's rate this thing. Chad, I'm gonna let All you right. kick us off this time. Um, I think I I think I rated this thing uh four stars, I think. Um, it was good, it was entertaining. I mean, yeah, there are some problematic parts to it, but I think overall, um the objective of the movie I think accomplished what it needed to. Um, and it was entertaining for the most part overall, and I enjoyed the the cast and Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely a movie that, I mean, if I had to watch again, I would not be mad. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I think uh, four stars is a good rating, uh, fair rating, fair assessment on my part. So. Chris, go ahead. Uh, actually, I think my rating is probably about the same. I think it's like four, four and a half, somewhere around there. Great performances overall, of course. I think. Honestly, I do think the cast had a really good chemistry with one another. Mm-hmm. I think Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy work really well. So even though it wasn't Gene Wilder or <laughs> Richard Pryor, right? it's actually now really hard to imagine those two playing Louie and Billy, honestly, if I was to think about it. So, I mean, it worked out in the end and did very well. So I think whatever the problematic parts are, which we, I think we can name quite a few. uh, I think some of it is understandable because it's just trying to illustrate a point in character mindset and motivations and so forth. Granted the costume part, I still sit there and think, but why that one? (laughs) (laughs) 
Right. But otherwise, <clears throat> it's a good movie. And like Chad said, if I, I I don't mind watching it again if it was something that came across on TV. I mean, I own the Blu-ray because it is a classic in its own right, but good movie. Good movie. So I enjoyed it, and I still do. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I don't think there's anything else for me to add, and I'm following right along with you. Only difference is I'm going to give this four Merry New Year's. <laughs> there you go. That's a good one, Josh. That's a good one. Yeah. More puns. More puns. There we exactly. go. <laughs> All right. Now it's time to talk a little bit, a little bit of business. What's coming up? So it's going to depend. If I get this edited in time, you will either next week be getting Remember the Titans with author slash teacher Katie Kinder, or last week got Remember the Titans. <laughs> Depends if I get this edited or not. So and if you already had remember the, yes, if you already <laughs> had remember the Titans in your feed, then coming up next week will be another deep dive review with these guys, and we'll be talking about the movie that won the poll, and that is Terms of Endearment. And see, we can find Ooh. out why Chris really wants me to see this movie. Finally, get to the bottom of that because that's my burning question about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I do hope you. I really do hope you enjoy it. It's it's a great film. I know it's. It's, it's way different than film. Well, you know what I mean. It's it's really different than maybe what you normally would enjoy, Josh. Because I know you're not much of a drama person per se. But am I the drama? <laughs> no, no, I can't I'm be. not the drama. Am I? <laughs> I? I do think you you like sometimes stepping out of your comfort zone and enjoying something different. And this was this one's really good. Fine performances all around. Good script. And I hope it's one that will probably be able to get you a little emotional. So we'll see. We're so getting that Chris's goal is to make me cry. Yes. Yeah, so a I little, was, at least a tear. So one I was tear. Say, Josh, if you start blubbering, you have to film like a little selfie video or something. <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe, and for those that have recorded with me in person, you will recognize this. Maybe I'll just do the single tear like my boy Crybaby up there. There you go. There you go. <laughs> You got some eye drops laying around your house, I'm sure, somewhere. You just drop them. <laughs> yeah, I, I can make something happen. And then just a preview of everything else. February, I can tell you that February 1st, I have a guy who's worked in a ton of film-related areas. He's directed. He's been grips. He's done help casting. He's now so turned awesome. in... He's now turned his passion to music, and he's become a rapper. Sweet. I'm okay, about, awesome. I'm talking about Saban Mayfield, and he's got a great story about how he got Jeff Jarrett into the movie Spring Breakers. We talk about why, how his mom pretty much works directly with David Fincher as his personal casting director. So that's wow. a, nice. some awesome stories to be heard on there. And then these guys will be back and we'll be talking when Harry met Sally. I'm uh, looking forward that. to that one because believe it or not, guys, I've not seen that one straight through. I've only seen me either. I've seen the famous clip that everyone wants to refer to, of course. Right. And we're all going to do our impression. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That would be interesting. So, Josh, rehearsing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, we'll be talking when Harry met Sally. And then after that, I'm going to have on Pete from the middle class film class podcast on. And we're going to talk about Whiplash. Oh, nice. And to finish out February, we'll be doing our picks, which will reveal what our picks are for February on next week's episode, Terms of Endearment. poll. Yeah, you guys get, yeah. we enjoy these polls very much. And enjoy it's your fun interaction. to have you guys interact. Yeah. Enjoy you leaving the comments on the movies we're talking about so I can, we can read them here on the pod. It's, it's a lot of fun interacting with everyone. That's what we enjoy. 
At least that's what I enjoy the most. That's for sure. Chad <laughs> enjoys finding out he's hot when he goes on Twitter. So. <laughs> I and mean, it's not an everyday thing. And by the way, Chad is now selling pictures of his feet for those oh, who may Lord. be interested. <laughs> 99 US dollars, not a penny less. All right. So that's, that's what's coming up for the rest of January. Or you can... Or you can look up his feet on Wicked Feet. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Chris, tell them where they can find you. We're going to get out of here tonight, guys. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CBC Monkey. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Xtofer of Oz. I'm also on Letterboxd with one of those two names again. I totally forget right now. <laughs> Either way, you can find me on one of those uh, platforms. I have to coach you on some branding. Uh, thank uh, you. I'm on all the popular. Well, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, you find me on some of the more popular platforms. Uh, green screen grin on Twitter. The Tweety Box on Instagram. On the grid. And uh, is that it? Oh, the Letterbox. Yeah. So the Tweety Box, the Letterbox, and the grid. Yeah. And then you find me on Christian Mingle. Oh, <laughs> and Wikipedia. <laughs> And LinkedIn for all you yeah. professional <laughs> people out there. Um, all right. And hashtag chat's hot or hashtag hot chat. <laughs> hashtag hanging chat. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> and as always, you can follow the show at YNF Movie Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Easiest way is to go to linktr.ee slash YNF Movie Pod. It'll have Twitter, Instagram, all the places you can listen. Letterbox is on there. The YouTube channel is on there. Some of these go out as videos, so you want to check those out. And I've already told what's coming up next, so until then, you guys take care, and I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>